and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always become supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Now we're recording. Now we're recording. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, welcome to the Godless Revolution. This is Dan. Let's get ready. Right, do <laughs> <laughs> this is Dan. I am sitting in Joey and Lindsay's apartment here in Washington doing a little show with them. Thank you guys very much for sitting down and talking to me. Thanks for coming over. This is awesome. Thanks for letting me surprise you by being on your show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really glad both of you guys are here. Uh, I did throw that in on him, didn't I? No, that's awesome. Okay. That's that's really cool. Uh so the reason that I wanted to talk to you guys is the all of the Sarah Moorhead, Neil Carter, Reason Rally, Apostacon, uh Recovering from Religion, all of all of that bullshit that's been that's been happening lately. It seems like not many people are talking about it. I think a lot of people <laughs> don't even know what the fuck is going on. Um, so let's, let's start with there. What, what, what is happening? What was, let's give a broad overview of things that have happened, right? So Sarah Moorhead was the president or director for Apostacon, Recovering from Religion, and the Reason Rally. Correct. And was removed from all three positions in quick succession. Correct. And I didn't even know that she'd been removed from anything. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> like this all a lot just, of people did it yeah this all just happened behind closed doors or i mean there was no announcement made really that's why that Joey was telling everyone yeah there there may have been some type of small announcement on some blog somewhere but it, uh, i don't know i can't say for sure that it wasn't but for the most part 95 percent of the community and the people on the peripheral had no clue so how did you how did you hear about it well um I've been a sponsor of a lot of things that Sarah Moorhead has done in the, in the past for uh-huh. a long time. So we've had a pretty close relationship. And we also, uh, she's the one that brought the, the, uh, we are atheism debacle to me to help sort out. Um, so, you know, we've been, we've had close ties on a, we've been friends and we've had uh, business relationships together. So that's, uh, when she, when it first happened to her, I can't remember where I first heard about it actually. It may have been her, but I, uh, the shock of it came was I deactivated my Facebook, which I do pretty often. Um, and all of a sudden I had a phone call from her and she's like, why did you unfriend me? And, uh, or maybe it was a text. And I said, oh, I didn't. I just deactivated. And she said, well, good. I'm, I'm glad they didn't get to you. I thought they had gotten to you. They. And anytime you hear that, <laughs> you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Who is they and what would they be getting at me for? Yeah. So, um, and then I, she had some other personal stuff sort of blowing up out there in public family stuff that I will not speak of. Um, mm. 
but I believe her on it and I, I support her on that. It's a horrible thing. But mm-hmm. so that was kind of coming out at the same exact time. Um, and then, um, you know, I had already been hearing some stuff that was trickling in and, uh, what a lot of people don't know. And I don't, I didn't mention on Dolphin debate, uh, radio was that Sarah Moorhead approached me last year during the secular coalition for America, um, lobby day. And she approached me and said, Hey, I'm setting it. We're going to be setting up these. I'm the, I knew she was the president of the reason rally at this point, but she said, I'm going to be setting up these peripheral events around the reason rally. It's just not, it's not just going to be a bunch of speakers. We're going to have comedy shows. We might have music at the area hotels where the, you know, the atheist community is going to be staying. And she said, you've been in the comedy business for a long time. You've, I saw where you managed tours for National Lampoon and some pretty notable names out there. And I said, yeah, that's my thing. That's what I do. She's like, and that's, so I need, I need a director for that. I'd love to have you in that position. Hmm. And I was ecstatic to say the least, because I went to the 2012 reason rally was in the audience, you know, and now I'm going to be a director. Helping organize shit. And yeah. yeah, And so my, um, my experience in the comedy business was crossing path paths with the uh, secular community. Hmm. And I was going to get to use that. So that was amazing. And she told me I needed, I need some help booking some big names. Um, who can you get me in touch with? Blah, 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 blah. Gave me some ideas of who she wanted. And um, so ultimately I ended up sitting up, setting up a meeting in LA for her with one of my contacts. And um, I also sent her a message, which I had the screenshot of this, uh, telling her that I could get Margaret Cho for her. Hmm. That I had a direct contact with her. So she's like, this is fantastic. This is incredible. Can't wait to get this all started. At this time, the reason rally didn't even have a date yet. So Sarah sort of fell off my radar for a little while, but that, that made sense. You know, she's busy. She's doing a lot of stuff. There's no, there's not even a date for the reason rally yet. So we didn't stay Maybe two months went by where we just didn't even talk about it again. Right. But I'd already told family and friends that, Hey, this incredible thing happened to me. You know, I was excited about it. Um, next thing I know, Margaret Cho was put up on the website. Oh, you know, there's a date, and then my, Margaret Cho's put up on the website. Now I'll say this: I haven't been able to prove that that's was because of me, because they do have Paul Provenza um, as part of the Reason Rally team, and he pretty much can get anybody. But that's still beside the point. Mm-hmm. She still approached me. I set up a meeting with her in L.A. I gave her the contacts that she needed um, to move forward with big names. And, uh, that's, that's how it all worked out. So I thought, okay, well, it must be coming soon. So finally, um, uh, after she messaged me that, uh, I, I'm glad they didn't get to you. Um, a couple of weeks later, I emailed her and I said, you know, we need to, where are we on the booking for the reason rally? Because I need to get in touch with these comedians because we need to book this out. Mm-hmm. There's not, you know, there's, the yeah, they're busy coming. people. They're not, they're not sitting at home. <laughs> we need to book it out way in yeah. advance. Yeah, exactly. They're busy people and they book out way in advance. A lot of comedians book out a year in advance. Right. And we were already past that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she didn't respond to that email. And my relationship, my relationship with her in the past, um, has been where she would always respond in an instant if it had to do with helping her, uh, sponsoring stuff for her, volunteering for her. But anytime I'd emailed where it was to actually asking her for something, her MO was to just ignore those emails. And you might ask, well, why didn't you do something about that then? It's just, it's one of those things. She has three positions. She has three jobs. She's got five kids, six And kids. in your mind, you're thinking she's busy. She's got all these well, other things going on. You know, no big deal. And maybe she just can't help me, but she can't say no. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
But yeah, I was willing to let that go. But anyway, that's that was the beginning of all of it for me. And then as I started to learn of the contract issues between Neil Carter and uh, that Sarah Moorhead was involved in that, um, I was hearing things under the radar, murmurs out in the community, community and uh, I just started putting the puzzle together. And when I started asking questions and trying to move further, because I, I, I really am upset that I was manipulated out of my context. These are 13-year relationships. These people are friends. You know? mm-hmm. Like I spent time with them on the holidays. Like We've done other stuff besides business ventures together. These are actual friends of mine, mm-hmm. not just contacts. Right. And um, so, uh, uh, yeah, a little bitter about that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that could taint my reputation with them. They're like, why did you let this person in our circle? Right, right. right. She, but she was good, man. She, so she got in there and that's how it all started for me. That's why that's the major thing. The major reason why I was really upset because imagine, and I just learned this weekend too, by the way, there's another speaker who was taking, and I can't say the name because I'm not going to speak for them. Uh, but it, it'll, you can find out if you wanted to. Um, but there was another speaker that was just simply removed from the reason rally website. They didn't call him and tell him, Hey, uh, we've had a change of plans. Da, 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 da. Um, so, and I just learned that this weekend, and I was pretty upset about it because, mm-hmm. as I said to this person, I said, look, the board, even the new board, if that's when it happened, had to get together and make a decision. They had to send an email or have a phone conversation or a text conversation with someone to get you off the website, and they didn't even call you. So, th- for a lot of people, this is a rock star moment. You know, this is a dream come true because mm-hmm. at the time, they were projecting thirty to 50,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even if it happened during the current board, which I don't know for sure if it did, but even if it did it, um, some of the other board members are still there. So you have a responsibility to communicate with these people that you're fucking over. At least call them and say, we can't use you anymore. We fired the people that you were involved with and we're just starting clean. At least we know, but these assholes just don't do anything. At least you won't spend a thousand dollars getting a hotel room and taking a flight and all that just to get to a place where you're just going to be ignored anyway. Yeah. It's kind of fucking rude. Well, and where you've, you've not heard that you're not going to be speaking, right? Just that's how would you feel about that? I'd be fucking mad. Well, I would be mad and hurt. Like somebody had to have set that up initially, right? Somebody had to have contacted this person, put their name out on the website done all of this, that person gets excited, they tell everybody else, hey, I'm going to be speaking at the Reason Rally, and then they're just removed from the website and not even told that they're not speaking anymore? Yeah, it's embarrassing. Wow. It can be embarrassing. I can't say that it is. I would be, I would be embarrassed, I, and I would, I would be hurt by that, that yeah. they thought so little of me that they would think, eh, we don't even need to fucking call them. Yeah. I mean, it's like, hey, we're going we're gonna to give you a gig in the major leagues. Mom, I made it to the major leagues. And then... Nothing. Not, hey, mom, they decided they fired me already before I even got started. They decided <laughs> they hate me. No, there's just nothing. And now you just look like a liar to all your friends and your mother, you know? Wow. But, um, but yeah, so it's things like that that's really got me upset. And um, I couldn't get anywhere by just reasoning and being diplomatic and talking to people and asking questions. Everyone was scared to death of losing future speaker gigs. No one wanted to be involved, and I guess rightfully so. But um, at some point, I was like, well, I'm not going to let this by. This is a 13-year career I've had in the comedy business. These contacts have been started out as my colleagues and became friends since the beginning. Um, Steve Hofstetter was somebody who I gave 
the first stage time on an actual Funny Bone Comedy Club, which is a professional club, for, for the first time in his career. He was an open micer then. He's now the host of Laughs on Fox Television. Woohoo. Yeah. Um, and, it, and he was just on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yep, just on the Joe Rogan podcast. But he's done tons of other stuff. He's published two books, and he's got tons of credits. And I knew this guy when he wasn't funny. You know, <laughs> uh, another another one was J.D. Shapiro, the co-author of my book, Bedtime Bible Stories. Uh-huh. This is the guy that wrote Robin Hood Men and Tights. An Tights. awesome book, by the way. Thank you very much. I like that one a lot. I still have the I still have the signed little uh, black and white stills or whatever oh, from cool. it. I've got those hanging oh, up yeah, in my yeah, office yeah. that oh, I got from you at the 2014 yeah. convention. Wow. I almost forgot those existed. Yeah. <laughs> They're numbered and everything. The artist for that book is amazing. Yeah. I, even I'm a huge fangirl over the artists for that book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So JD Shapiro, writer of Robin Hood and Tights. We married Margot, tons of other stuff. He's been, he's co-produced a ton of stuff. He's working on, uh, he, he's going to find out soon if he's going to get to direct a film with Martin Scorsese. It's down to three directors and he's in that three, oh, top wow. three. He doesn't think he'll get it, but still, this is somebody who's been in the business for over 25 years and he came to our hometown. Um, and I got a phone call from a local news guy and said, hey, there's a guy here shooting a movie with Bon Jovi um, that wants some stage time. He's trying to get into stand-up. And I'm like, it's called a guest spot. You can give someone like a five-minute guest spot on a regular show. And he had, he said he wrote Robin Hood Men in Tights. I was like, well, that's enough of a credit to know that he's funny. So tell him to come on in. And so same thing. That was, I gave JD a fir- his first spot on The Funny But Now, it just was happen chance. I wasn't special. I didn't know what I was doing. But still, though, that's how our friendships started. And they, you know, obviously they've gone off, gone on to do JD was already there, but Hofstetter. And, so these are the people that I've hooked, that I was hooking Sarah Moorhead and others up with. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so, yeah. So, so you first heard about it because you, you deactivated your Facebook account. And I, I've known that you've done this, you know, off and on for quite a while because you get busy during tax season or you just get annoyed with dealing with shitheads sometimes, I think. I hate and then wh- they fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody posts on Lindsay's wall. Where the hell is Joey? Why did what Joey unfriend Joey? me? <laughs> <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is I'm a, I've also dealt with my dad passing away, and I've dealt with my daughter's second and third brain surgery. You know, d- during all this shit with Sarah Moorhead, right? And um, you know, sometimes I just I don't like waking up to messages or text messages. I like I don't wait. I, I feel like I have to work. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, literally, once a week, someone's going, hey, I have this script or I ha- I've, r- I've written something. Can you read it over for me? Like, that's a fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, sometimes I just deactivate, uh-huh. you know, especially at night before I go to bed, just because that way I can wake up free and clear. <laughs> Start with the clean slate. Yeah. But like she, like you said, then they end up messaging Lindsay. Um, and then I PC his way out of it. No, he's just really busy. He didn't. He didn't unfriend you. It's OK. <laughs> He'll be back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so you first, so you first heard of, you first figured something was going on because Sarah had contacted you and said, I was going to say, you might have to eat the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no problem. So, so you first heard about it because Sarah contacted you and said, why did you unfriend me? You said you hadn't. She said, well, good. They haven't gotten to you. And so you knew something was, something was up. I'm pretty sure I heard of the, you know, heard that she had lost her positions before that, but, and I've said this on, on, on social media. It, it still took me a while to process that that was something that needed to be looked into further. Because mm-hmm. I'm also prone to tribalism, just like anybody else. You know? you know, so I don't know why it took me a long time, but it actually did take me a while. But that phone call was the reason why, oh, wait, this needs to be investigated. I should have thought that beforehand. Well, and you know, now that you mention it, I think I had heard that she was no longer 
Yeah, actually, I'm putting some, I'm sorry for the little pause there, I'm putting some some pieces together in my brain as I'm talking, but I did hear that she had lost her position, at least with Reason Rally. I didn't know about Apostacon and recovering from religion, but I knew at least that she wasn't doing Reason Rally anymore, and in my mind, I just made the jump from her her personal family issues to she must have resigned. Right. You know, she's got all of these all of these personal issues going on with her family right now. She doesn't have time to deal with all of this other stuff. So she made the noble choice and stepped down from those positions because she didn't have the time to deal with them and and was going to let somebody else come in because she didn't want to drop the ball. Like that's like I loved I loved Sarah. I thought she was awesome. And so in my mind I thought okay, well yeah, she's she's just got so much shit raining down on her right now. That she can't, yeah, that she can't do everything right. And so she's got to let some things go. And, you know, this is how, this is how my mind was working is, is that I thought, you know, she's got to let some things go. Family's the most important thing. So she's going to take care of that and let this other stuff go, knowing that it's in capable hands or whatever. Even if it's not, she can't do it anymore because she's got to, she's got to take care of family. And that was my thought process could have been mine uh, honestly i don't know if i've what i've done with that i just don't really remember how it, it just because maybe i was in denial because again i'm losing my rock star moment i'm losing my major league moment mm-hmm. and so i don't know what i was thinking but i just know after the phone call of saying i'm glad they didn't get to you too oh shit there's something more here mm-hmm. and then i when i started talking to other people they got the same message from her like oh i'm glad they didn't get to you what do you mean well i can't talk about it right now well you sort of can you can, you can tell me something. <laughs> you, you started the conversation. You need to tell me what the fuck is going on. Who who are these they that I need to be worried about? And I didn't even ask in that moment. Am I well? Am I still good with the reason, Riley? You know, just because you're gone. Like I didn't even ask uh-huh. that. The moment I just assumed I was. Yeah. Because why would they take away the guy that could run those events? You know, or or and, and bring in those contacts. I was still dumb. <laughs> as ignorant as it could be. So that's because you're a southerner. It just happens. <laughs> People uh, do assume that about us. I, I know. I, I, that was a cheap shot. It's <laughs> um, deserved. I love you, Joey. So, <laughs> so you you get that message from her, and then and then what? Like, Listen, what? I really don't appreciate being grilled for a half hour. <laughs> this is all a setup. Yeah, this, I, I don't appreciate. It. I didn't know you were going to grill me for a half hour. I thought you were just going to let him say a story and then leave him alone. You were just oh, going to let me. Sorry. you were just going to let me throw my narrative out into the ether, and then that would be the end of it. Sorry, it's only been eighteen minutes. You have twelve minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get that message from her. Then, then what? What did you? What did you do next? Well, or a couple who weeks did you? later, I messaged her, and it could have been a month later now because I don't really remember the timeline. But I, uh-huh. I messaged. I emailed her and said, uh, "We need to." We need to get started on booking these acts because they, they book far out and I need to know what's up. And she ignored it. And so it made my questions. It made me go question further and talk to more people. And the more people I talked to, uh, I learned that, hey, there's something there, but everybody signed NDAs. And I'm like, oh, wait, there's more. Like, this is getting deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stayed away from the people that were sort of the leadership because. Well, an NDA for anybody is non-disclosure agreement, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess out of the bitterness of all this, that's what drove me. So, you know, then I started, uh, I decided uh, as I hit those walls with all these people and I couldn't get anywhere and I heard about the NDA, blah, blah, blah. Um, I just decided that there's only, I've, (laughs) I've been in the secular community long enough to know 
what gets their gizzard, the Southern expression. You know? <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll tell you, and you've seen this in action now, but the secular community is very tribal and we're all prone to that. So I'm not saying I'm special, um, but we are. Mm-hmm. We're no, we, we're maybe a little less tribal in some ways because we kind of know what it means. So we can sometimes, uh, you know, see it and change our course. Yeah. Um, but what I had learned, what I, what I'd learned is that the, the only thing that really pisses off some of these people in the secular community is when you just personally attack them. And I didn't necessarily start out doing that, but I decided to stir the shit pot like that, you know, um, just start putting out sort of innuendo at first. Um, I had known that Sarah's MO was to dismantle reputations behind the scenes as she t- traveled the country of people that she wanted to get rid of or didn't, uh, that had called her out on things. So I decided months before to start backing out of the secular community, talking about it publicly. I took down my website. I stopped promoting my books. Um, and I started basically being a little bit aggressive towards the secular community in general. Mm-hmm. The idea being that I was taking the power and leverage away from Sarah Moorhead mm-hmm. and or Neil Carter. Mm-hmm. So all of this is going on. She's not responding to you to let you know what, what's happening. You start talking to other people. What was, what was the first? I mean, you, clearly th- by this point, you've realized she's done something, right? Something has happened. Well, no, actually, I had known, I had, had some under the radar testament. Like, uh, people at Apostop- Apostacon had, had no NDAs. There was no NDA signed there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had learned that, uh, Penn Jillette and Penn and Teller weren't paid in full, that there was a possible lawsuit going to happen there. I'd learned that, uh, that, uh, she had control of the bank accounts at that point. I hadn't had any, seen any bank statements, but I had firsthand testimony that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, there was other, um, there were some other allegations made against her that I just didn't buy into because, um, obviously n- not only was no evidence, it was just a hundred percent speculation. Um, but the other things that were said could at some point be, um, figured out through evidence like Penn and Teller not being paid. Um, so, uh, and I'd also heard there were some contractual issues with recovering from religion. And then people had started to, there were some other people that said, yeah, she actually embezzled from all three <laughs> organizations and she's took, robbed Peter to pay Paul. And I heard that quite often. Yeah. And so with everybody being quiet, you know, I just, here's the part that got to me the most. And this is when I really, really, really decided to stir the sheep, shit pot and come out hard is that I knew that these people, some of these board members knew what was going on, that there was criminal activity. Um, and at the very least, some horribly unethical activity. Mm-hmm. And then I also know how close, how small our grapevine is. So if you're on one of these boards and then you see Sarah and Neil out there running around the country taking photo ops with other prominent atheists and trying to get in on prominent shows, they're watching this unfold, presumably, right? Mm-hmm. They're watching their friends. The people who know are now of the things of the, of the shit that correct. she's done. Correct. Yeah. And so to me, that's where I drew the line. It's like, no, you have to tell them. You don't have to give them the details. You don't have to break your NDA, but you can call somebody like Matt Dillahunty and say, hey, listen, um, I see that Sarah's scheduled on your show. There's been some things that's happened with the organizations that she's been removed from. We can't talk about them right now, but we're working on it. And so just you may want to back off or not. It's up to you. But at least I'm doing my part and telling you that. I'm some- giving you a heads up. I'm letting you know that, that some shit is going south. And we have enough evidence to pursue it. Right. So you're not even claiming that she's guilty or 
that's how we should handle each other if we're colleagues and if we're friends and we're going to be a close grapevine. But they, you know, she's because you don't want your friends to get fucked over any more than than anybody else was already, right? Yeah. I think you two are way more ethical than some of the other people in this community. Well, thank you. (laughs) Just from the just from the way these things have just folded out, it just seems like. We we hold each other to a different standard than other people. Mm-hmm. And if we're really going to bash on religion and we're going to bash on churches and the same shit is going on in our own community, mm-hmm. you have no room to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have no room to talk. Yeah. So I think you guys would have handled this way differently than yeah, the never, people that did handle it. And to maybe to defend even some of those people, I think they were trained on the NDAs that they were something that they're really not. You know, maybe they thought they couldn't talk about anything. Um, I don't know. But again, from the outside looking in, to me, I think some of these prominent atheists knew what was going on. They saw her touring, tra- traveling the country. And I was speaking to um, one of the Recovering from Religion board members this weekend, and I told him, I was like, if you want to deal with stuff like this internally, that's fine. I mean, if you don't, it doesn't have to make it all the way to CNN, but, it, mm-hmm. but you have to deal with it internally. So asking for a resignation, and when, you, when, when those three organizations – Asked for those resignations or fired her, however, however it played out. You also tell those people, we also, if we see you fundraising in this community, we're going to have to pursue you criminally. Right now, you just need to go away. Mm-hmm. Maybe pay restitution of some type. Work out, a, work out an agreement. I don't know, but you can deal with it internally that way. Like we're letting we're stopped. letting you walk away without kneecapping you, right? But if you continue on this course or if you do anything else that could cause harm to other people in the community. We're going to make it known what you've done here. And that way you've dealt with it internally. And now you're not going to have those people all of a sudden showing up with, you know, with that background and tainting maybe possibly the Dolman Debate Studios or Dillahunty or and I don't, I'm not speaking for them at all. This is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's why wouldn't you call someone like Smalley and say, I see that Sarah's scheduled to be on your show or, or somebody like Dillahunty and say, Say what I said earlier. Just, mm-hmm. I just want to give you a heads up. We're pursuing some type of arbitration. There was a lot of money gone. I can't give you any more specifics than that. And of course, the lawyers for the organizations will say NDA, NDA. No, NDA. And this is what I want to talk about the non disclosure agreement. I'll just say one quick thing about it. And this ends it all. NDAs are not there to protect criminal behavior. They're not there to, to protect corruption. They're there to protect proprietary information, maybe the donor list. And some other things, but you do not ways of doing fundraising. Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, and if a lawyer wants to challenge me on that, I think I've researched it enough to know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we hear about Apostacon, and the the first thing that I so so I I saw you making these posts. Like, uh, I don't want to name any names, but uh, he's. He lives in Dixie and maybe Godless or something like that. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, these, these kind of veiled things. And I was like, I, clearly he's talking about Neil, Neil Carter, but I have no idea what the hell is going on in the background. Like, what, what the hell happened here? And then I think you, then I think you were off Facebook for like weeks, weeks or, or months or there, it seemed like there was a long time between you'd made a couple posts and I thought, well, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to, I'm going to watch the comments and see what's going on, you know, reach out to you, see what's happening. And it seemed like you were gone for a long time. It may have been a week. I don't think yeah. it was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. 
A week is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> may Facebook been, land. It, that, may have just been that's like days, seven actually. sleeps and seven times that I'll forget everything that I did the day before. Right? <laughs> yeah. So 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 it seemed yeah. like it seemed like it was a while, and and that was my way of doing what the other organizations hadn't done: alerting the community that hold on to your pocketbooks for now. Mm-hmm. Don't donate to these organizations. Something's up. And we yeah. have a right to know because we're donors. We're active. We share their information. We share their fundraisers. We've shared our contacts. You know, a lot of us have shared our talents, our labor. We've a lot of our money. So uh, hold on to your pocketbooks. Let's force them into let's force them into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I did that. Well, and and I know that I had donated money to. Some of the things that Neil and Sarah had worked had worked on. I have the Godless and Dixie coasters. We do too. Sitting on my desk at home. <laughs> yeah, we do too. I'm still. We've trying to donated a lot to to Sarah and Neil and other organizations and everything. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That might be why it hurts a little bit more too. Because yeah. because these aren't like twenty dollar donations, and we're not rich. So I mean, we really do believe in this movement, and we really want to help people. And of course, when someone really needs a job and they don't have one, we're going to help and just stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it just really hurts when you know you've been manipulated and taken for granted mm-hmm. and just deceived. And taken advantage of. Deceived, and, yeah. taken advantage of. I mean, it just really hurts, especially when you really, I believe that Sarah and Neil were nice people when I met them. I believe that, especially because he had like business dealings and friendships and stuff. The time that I got to actually sit down with her like last year, I really fell in love with her. I just left that, that little dinner with just a whole heartwarming glow when I think of Sarah because she's such a mom and she's so sweet and all that. Neil, of course, gave me, you know, he was just a good guy, I thought. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they both, they both both come across as very genuine, very kind, very caring, very generous giving people who, who, who they give you the impression that they could do no wrong and, and are only there to help people and do good and, yeah. So to hear so to hear all of this stuff coming out now, I'm still I'm still a little in shock, right? So Right. And so remember this too. So and I'm I always apologize for using this word because I've had this conversation so many times I feel like I've become one of those people I hate, like a professional victim. <laughs> but remember too that I was a victim and I was talking under the radar to other victims. So people may say, Well, where's your evidence? Well, we don't have to lead with hardcore evidence. We're not some, we're not putting someone up for capital punishment. Circumstantial evidence, especially a mountain of it, is admissible in a civil court. Mm-hmm. It's also admissible in the court of public opinion. And my, my agenda in the beginning was to drag everybody into the conversation. So, because of course, when, I mean, if you have plenty of victims talking about this and everyone's afraid to do something because they're afraid of what Sarah may do to their reputation, they're afraid of losing future speaker gigs. There's this, uh, I think it was Jerry DeWitt who put it, this scaffolding of this power hierarchy that you can't penetrate because you're running into things like this. You're running mm-hmm. into things of people who are afraid of what the people up here will do to us down there. Mm-hmm. And there's only... Well, because you see it happen all the time, especially these days, you get the internet rage machine going, right? And you you do, you do make one minor infraction or there's one little thing that you don't agree with somebody on... And if it's somebody with any kind of listener base or support base or, or any, any bit of power behind them, they will fucking ruin you. They will make it their mission to destroy you as a person over what 
over what could possibly be just a misunderstanding to begin with. Yeah, I call those people PSJWs. <laughs> yeah? The yeah. purported social justice warriors the, or the... The poser. The poser. Social justice warriors. And yes, I realize the poser are the first grade reference, but they act like they're in the first grade, <laughs> so I don't give a shit. But yeah, they're the mob. They're, you know, they're the mob. They're the people. They're, <laughs> they're the ones who whip up the South mob. South Park has written an yeah. entire fucking season on these people and they're in our atheist community deep. Mm-hmm. And they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And yes, that's who I'm talking, you know, those people too. Yeah. I, I see that. I see that quite a bit where, you know, one, one person posts something and a blogger with a large readership or somebody with a podcast who has a large listenership will will say something about it and all of a sudden this person's life is ruined for you know maybe they said something stupid maybe what they said was misunderstood maybe there right. wasn't enough context provided or maybe they were being an asshole but they weren't as much they they don't deserve to have their fucking life ruined right. or maybe for one P- minor mistake right or maybe the PSJW read their social media post and miscomprehended it mm-hmm. Right. That's, that happens a lot. It's, there's a reading comprehension thing that goes on when you read a Twitter, someone's Twitter tweet or someone's Facebook post and, and the reader may get a whole different tone out of it than was intended. You know, there's no inflection. There's no, like if you and I were hanging out and I said, I'm, I'm looking at you right now. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> and I'm waving my hand at you and I'm smiling. Oh, fuck you. Uh-huh. You'd be like, oh, fuck you. You know, uh-huh. but if I text that to you and in my head, that's my voice. I'm like, oh, damn, what, look what he just said. Oh, fuck you. And you're sitting at home and you go, Joey just said, fuck you. Fuck me. me. Did you see that episode of Key and Peele <laughs> where they did that? <laughs> wait, wait, no, I didn't. What was that? Oh, it's hilarious. It's about people texting one another. Yeah. They're, they're texting back and forth and it's, you know, without the context, the, they don't understand what oh, each other is really I gotta saying. I got to see that. Yeah. It's hilarious. Why, how, how it's about, did you not tell me about I think this? it's about them meeting <laughs> at the bar later. And I don't know which one key or which one peel is, but one is joking like, yeah, sure, whenever. And he's like, what, whenever? What, what the fuck? <laughs> whenever. Like, That's perfect. Whatever. What the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meet you there around 10. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. What? Yeah, sure, whatever. You know, and it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then you, and then the other guy's reading, and he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. What an asshole. Yeah. And you do something like that on social media or, or, or something similar to that. And next thing you know, you got somebody like PZ Myers trying to destroy your reputation for life or Danielle Moscato and the Mark Scheibecker thing when she, wrote up this whole thing calling him a racist and then posted the video as evidence and it was zero racism in it. <laughs> and it, that is a South Park episode fucking being written in real time. And I watched all that unfold. I'm like, there, there's a transgender white person telling an autistic white college kid that he's a racist. Black people are chiming in going, I didn't see shit racist. <laughs> the white transgender woman is talking shit to the black people. You know, like, that is racist. And you're arguing with black people over what racism is? It's like... That's laughable. I don't understand that. It's laughable. That How a, does that work? That is a South Park episode waiting to happen. It's also bullying, and that's another thing. This, My wife said one time, and it's the funniest thing I've ever heard, she's like, you can get on Joey's good side, or you can get on his bad side, but do not get on his OCD side. And when I see <laughs> when I see bullying, that like, shit's for like real. what happened, and I tried to reason with Moscato and the radar and on those comments, hey, just take this down, think it through, because this is this is not, first of all, you're, you're wrong. But even if you're right later, post, repost it, but take it down. She had every opportunity in the world and chose not to. Um, 
And then JT wrote his blog and then she put out a bullshit apology and her and Mark made up for things. And people were like, Joey, won't you back off? Mark's okay. He accepted the apology. I was like, cause it's not about Mark anymore. It's about these mobs within the atheist community that act like insane fucking assholes. The good news is, is that's where I learned how to pull all this Sarah and Neil stuff out. Cause when you're an asshole in the secular community and you call names like racist, which I didn't call anybody a racist, but when you start the name calling, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. When you, when you just start throwing out pejoratives, you know, you fucking asshole. And yeah. you know, you're being a cunt, you're being an asshole. Fuck you. Don't lose their mind over that. I didn't yeah. really learn it from the Moscato thing, but uh, the point is, is like, that's what you can, you know, if you're but you learn that that's what gets by, the big reaction from people. Yeah. And everybody looks in, everybody's a voyeur in this community. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You might think that some of these, presidents of these organizations you might think that you know they're just posting and not paying attention they live on their fucking phones <laughs> and you walk by them at the conferences they're on facebook they're on twitter and they're reading every comment they especially if they're involved they're not missing it. they act like they don't but they're they're reading it yeah yeah i know i i read most things <laughs> I, I i get behind in some things but yeah they're you're you're I'm ask Tracy. I'm fucking glued to my phone all the time. She complains about it. We are too. It's okay. I think it's normal now. <laughs> <laughs> so this was all, you know, we, we've talked about Sarah and everything. And, and one of the first things that I saw from you though, was, was about Neil Carter and the godless and Dixie thing. And that that he, I can't even remember what your comment or your, what your post exactly said, other than that. I knew that you were talking about Neil Carter and that it wasn't friendly and I thought, well, what the hell is going on here? And it wasn't until the, I listened to uh, the episode of Dogma Debate um, that you were on that I realized, or that I that I really got more more information about what was going on there. Um, so, well, did you see the post where I put out a couple of numbers that just seemed random? Eighteen thousand, fourteen thousand, yeah, because there's there's some other corruption going on in the community that hasn't been unearthed yet. It's been in people's like him at Meta's hands for a while, but he chose not to write about it. I'm working on it right now. Um, and, uh, so there's, so I decided to put those numbers out the way I did because I knew the people who would see them would be like, Oh, he does have some information. So that was another, that was another thing. The, the, the idea was to get everyone talking and, uh, and it drew out some messages. I got some very interesting messages from people I have never met personally and I started getting more information. Um, and I have to say, one of the first things that happened, which made me go even harder in the direction I, I was in, was um, Recovering from Religion contacted me, um, Dr. Dale Ray, and said, obviously, Joey, I'm under NDA. I can't give you any details, but thank you for what you're doing. And at this time, I'm shitting on all these organizations. I'm, I'm including them. You know, it's, it's full force because everybody knows who's what. And to have, you know, the chair contact you and say, I don't know how you know what you know. I can't add anything to it, but I can tell you that you're going down the right path. That was very bolstering for me. That was like, wow. And, um, you know, someone who has something to hide wouldn't do that. Right. Well, and, and this is somebody who is still attached to the organization that yes. you, Joey, were shitting on. Right. And contacting you and saying, no, it's fine. Keep doing it. Yeah, fine. Keep You're doing it. You're on the right path. Because I started posting about uh, law re regarding NDAs. Mm -hmm. And this got people talking and got people questioning. And once again, hey, you're going down the right path. And I talked about it on Dalma Debate. Elliot called me, this this mystical Elliot guy that was going to break Neil's kneecaps. 
supposedly. Um, you know, and this this guy called me, and I at this point in time I trusted Doctor Daryl Ray, but I didn't know what this Elliot guy was about. Didn't trust him at all. Was waiting, you know, holding judgment. I didn't dislike him or anything, but you know, ten minutes in our conversation, same thing. He's like, oh, so by the way, the reason for the call is we heard you handled the WAA uh, debacle. We will send you everything we have. Will you do ours the same way? Because we want we want we want to know the rest of the details as well. And of course, I just got out of tax season and I turned them down flat. And he tried to insist for more. And again, this is not an organization that's trying to hide things. It's like, wow, they, they literally want to hand me their bank statements. You have a job that deals in, you know, I'm in a tax, I'm a tax practitioner. You have a job dealing in that. You know what I'm talking about. Right. When someone says, take my bank statements and all my documents. Help, help uh, me figure this out. Help me, help us fix it. Yeah. Here's all of our information. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you know that that's, you know, that's a, that's a IRS, IRS's wet dream. Yeah. So again, you know, it's, you can call this circumstantial evidence if you want, but it's it's just mounting and mounting. And Neil, everything he did from the moment this all started was make mistake after mistake. He just backed out, backed out. He would talk about the NDAs and then talk about how transparency was important, but then he would hide behind the NDAs that he did sign or didn't sign. Um, I think he signed a volunteer NDA with with uh, with recovering from religion, but you know, he he just kept contradicting himself. On at every turn, and that that's when Smalley got interested. It, you know, it just this stuff's not adding up. You know, I guess that's when the conspiracy started. <laughs> well, so so like I said, I, I didn't know much about Neil's involvement with this or the circumstances behind what was going on with him and and recovering from religion or anything like that. It wasn't until I I listened to that episode. But I had, I had read his nice repu- you know, what is his blog post title like? Nice reputation there. Yeah, shame if somebody lost. ruined it or yeah. something like that. So I had read that and I was like, well, who the fuck is this Elliot guy? I've never heard of this Elliot guy. And not that I necessarily should have. I mean, I'm nobody super important or anything, but you know, I've, I've never heard of this guy, but he's, he's calling Neil saying he's super connected and, you know, making these veiled threats. Like, who the fuck is this guy and what's going on? So it wasn't until I, I listened to that Dogma Debate episode where Neil had given David the recording of the conversation and then, you know, and Neil apparently gave it to David and said, well, you can't let anybody else hear this, just you, because that's transparency. I don't know. But so so after hearing the conversation with David and the points that he was making in it, clearly Neil's post is shady as fuck, right? I mean, it's it's to be... The most generous you can be and the most charitable you can be with Neil's post is to say that it's shady as fucking misleading. <laughs> right? That's, that's, right. The, that's the most charitable interpretation of it that you can have after all of the things that David was pointing out. Right. You know, where, where he's deliberately misquoting things. He's, he's, some things are in quotes, some things aren't. Yeah. Some things are in quotes, some things aren't. There's, there's the ellipses between, yeah. between information where, you know, you can basically pull that from anywhere in any conversation. Yeah. That was shady as fuck and not including, you know, basically just putting one portion of a comment, not the whole, not the entire comment, not anything following up, not anything that would mitigate what was said. It, he was clearly trying to promote and push a specific narrative. And being deliberately misleading to people. And Elliot has since asked for the recording to be released in full, <laughs> which is not, <laughs> again, not a sign of someone who has something to hide or, right. or is trying to destroy your reputation. He's also. But uh, people wouldn't have this background context of seven months working with 
recovering from religion, and that's fucking horse shit. Well, my question about his whole situation is, what the fuck is wrong with consequences to your actions? Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're being threatened in some way, if you're being told you're not doing a good enough job, you're not doing a good enough job, and someone's paying you to do something. So do it, or you get let go. Yeah, or so you quit. Like- yeah, if, I mean, if if my boss came to me and said, "Hey, you know, we need you to fill out these reports. Uh, we're we're not sure that we're liking the work you're doing. Want to we want to be able to quantify it and qualify it a little bit more." So we want you to, you know, report to us and give us this this information at least once a month. I want to do follow up calls with you. And if, if I want to keep my fucking job, that's what I do. Right. Elliot has also said that he would be willing to go on dogma debate with Neil and discuss all this stuff in person. That's huge. By the way, the episode is at dogmadebate.com. Just go down a few episodes and look for Jerry DeWitt and Joey Lee Kirkman's name on there. I think it's probably three episodes back, but it's dogmadebate.com if you want to get it's a good long show. It's three and a half hours, I believe. But if you want to get acquainted to the point where, you know, where, what, get caught up with Dan, you'll be caught up. Yeah. So, well, and during that conversation, he, he kept getting, you know, Neil seemed to be stuck on this whole thing about Elliot not being an official board member. But he, Elliot has been presented to Neil by the board and, and has been told, you know, Elliot is the one who will be communicating with you about this. It doesn't fucking matter if he's an official member of the board or not. Says the guy who didn't have an official yeah, contract. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, says the guy who's a fucking contractor for the group. I didn't about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neil's not an official board member. Why does that make his position any less important? You know, and why does what he says, why, why should what he says, by his own logic, carry any more weight than anybody else? I didn't right. understand that at all. Right. Um, and he kept, he kept saying that Elliot was trying to be manipulative, but that was exactly what Neil was doing in posting his blog post. It was entirely manipulative. It was entirely misleading. There's no other way to view that in light of all of the things that David highlighted in his interview with him. Right. It's, it's, it's pretty much, as they say, cold busted. Yeah. There I mean, is no room. There's no wiggle room out of that. Yeah, I, I didn't understand any of that. Um, at, at one point, David asked, uh, if, if Neil's blog post was fair. And Neil's answer was absolutely, this is a quote, absolutely yes, no question. And David gave him an out there. David gave him a perfect out after going through all of the information, pointing out where it was deliberately misleading and asking him if he thought it was manipulative and if he wanted to change it, take any of it back. Or if he thought it was all correct and he said, yes, absolutely no question. That's just a fucking lie at that point. Just lying to people. Um, oh, and I'm glad Neil's done all this. I'm glad he's blogged and, and responded and tried to um, defend himself because every time he does, he just makes another huge mistake. And honestly, in the beginning, and, and this is the truth, <laughs> I can't say it with more conviction. I don't mean to interrupt your flow there if you have another question. Oh, no, but, you're fine. But, but I, I do want to say that. You know, even if, if, if in the beginning, both of them maybe, because I guess for now, this is all allegedly still, you know, I mean, we have plenty of screenshots and we have plenty of hardcore proof through blogs, but nothing criminal has been, um, there's no guilty verdict yet, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but had they just said, look, I was desperate. Like I've been, I've been volunteering for these organizations forever. I, I couldn't, you know, I made some mistakes with ApostaCon and booking the big names and the ticket sales weren't there. So I thought if I could loan the, this one organization there and I, and I just, it, you know, I went down the rabbit hole, you know, the lies got bigger. I fucked up. 
this community own it. Yeah, this community would have been like, man, that can happen to any of us, and it probably has. <laughs> can you can you imagine how much empathy and sympathy would have been expressed for them had they done that? Right, but instead they double down, double down, and double down, and then travel the country and just pull more bullshit and lie to people. I'm glad they didn't get to you. They they just keep digging the hole deeper and deeper rather than owning a mistake. Uh, we we talked pre-show that one of the things that that is just something about me as a person is that if I'm wrong, I want to know I'm wrong. And I want everybody else to know if I've, if I've, if I've said something wrong publicly and then somebody shows me that I was wrong, I want everybody who may have heard me say this wrong thing before to know that I was wrong so that they don't find out later from somebody else. Oh, Dan said this and he was wrong and he's a fucking asshole. If I'm wrong about something, I'll be the first person to point it out because I don't want to continue being wrong and I don't want other people to see that I was, that I was wrong and was just being an asshole about it. I don't understand this mentality of being shown to be wrong, being shown to be corrupt, being shown to be manipulative and misleading and lying and deceitful and then not owning it and just Continuing maybe on it was the and thinking, of money. Maybe they thought they could, you know, be put in jail. I don't know. Maybe they had reasons for not doing it. But once it's out there, that's your final opportunity to own it, right? I, you know, I can kind of see the rationale by keeping it hid because you don't want to go to jail. You don't want to lose your kids. You know, you don't want to go through that whole process. I can kind of, you know, obviously, it's self-preservation. But once it's out there with screenshots, and you just, yeah, I mean, at one point, do you figure the evidence? Has, has, there's, there's enough evidence out there now that I need to come clean. Yeah. I went to jail when I was 19 years old, like for a night. (laughs) I had to be, I had to go to court and be like, guilty with an explanation. You know, like, you have, it's shit you gotta do. And the judge is like, yeah, yeah, well, he's doing whatever else and not listening to your explanation. I've, I I may have had something similar. Yeah. No, I actually, I actually told the judge the truth about what happened. And I had six charges in one night. I was 19 years old and resisting arrest, delay and obstruct, drinking as a minder, all of them twice. Because I cussed the cop out <laughs> and he let me go with tickets at first and then he came back to the party. But, um, and I was found hiding under a bed, but, uh, <laughs> oh, geez. but no, um, it all started in a weird way. But the point is, is, you know, you just, at some point you just uh, guilty with an explanation. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not even saying they had to say that publicly. Maybe they could have said it to the organizations and it still would have been considered dealt with internally. Maybe they could make restitution by working more hours, you know, maybe. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But what I do know is that coming from a perspective of the victim, I was going to pursue this to no end because people are like, oh, they have kids and da, 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 da. And I have kids, too. You know, And, and while I was being manipulated out of all of my you know, decades over a decades long worth of contacts. I'm dealing with my father dying of cancer and my daughter's brain surgeries and, and, and living in a hotel across the street from the Duke medical where I had to set up a makeshift hospital, you know, up for four days with no sleep, heart palpitations. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to wear a heart monitor during that time because the palpitations were so bad stress. And I well, was, and your, and your personal health issues besides all of this other stuff. Yeah, too. that came later. I had, yeah. yeah, I had a huge surgery too. But, but even during all that, when Sarah leaned on me, to me, it was important enough. And this, this major league moment for me, I just muddled through it and helped her every way I could. Um, and maybe that's my mistake to own. But again, I just want people to understand there's, it's, this isn't, they have kids. This is, they have kids and they fucked over other people with kids. 
and they continue to fuck over other people with kids and families and bills and stresses and medical issues and all yeah, of the above. Yeah, having a family isn't unique to these people. And I understand it's hard to get empathy when you're just stirring the shit pot, <laughs> acting like a damn maniac, as, as Smalley put it. You did look like a maniac at times. <laughs> yes. Yeah, when, when David said that, I, I giggled because I was like, yeah, it did, you did look like a maniac. Well, Let he, me let everyone know he looked like one to me, too. I didn't know all this stuff was going on in his head, and I don't keep up with the secular community like most everybody else does, but I was like, God well, damn, who pissed him off? <laughs> well, you didn't know a lot because I was also embarrassed, too, because yeah, I lost yeah. my major, major league moment. We moved to D.C. for it. I mean, we had the opportunity because she's a travel nurse, so we could have moved anywhere, but we chose here because that was the promise that was being made. So we were here early to help do whatever we needed to do. And again, that's another, I mean, that's another um, point I'd like to make that people don't know yet that I haven't put out there publicly, but you know, we moved from North Carolina and, and, and again, her travel, her travel nurse job affords us to do that because the, the, the hospitals pay for our expenses here. So we're not out money. I don't want people to think that I'm not looking for a, a empathy party. I'm not Neil and Sarah. Um, but that's why we came to DC. We could have been in L.A. with J.D. Shapiro working on a pilot right now. Mm-hmm. You know, instead, we, we came to D.C. and wasted five, six months of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, so my notes here are just kind of linear as I was listening to the dogma debate thing and then, and then reading J.T.'s post and everything. Um, so I did want to say congratulations on dropping the F-bomb. <laughs> on Dogma Debate. Thank you very much. He's very so much. proud. <laughs> that wasn't the first time. <laughs> That's the first time people were actually listening, maybe, to every word. Well, and then, and then, so toward the end of that, I, I just have a note that... <laughs> that was funny as shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. So, but toward the end of, toward the end of the, of listening to that episode of Dogma Debate, um, you know, you and Jerry started talking to each other a little bit, and then it hit me like, Wait, why is Jerry in the studio right now? That, that yeah. didn't seem like that was really addressed much in the Dogma Debate episode at all. Like, yeah, well, because Jerry wasn't there, wasn't there for that reason. I think he talked about it towards the end of the show, right? He there was some backstory where uh, Sarah had. Um, I think Jerry started recovering from religion with some people. I'm not even sure if it was with Sarah, but then Sarah came in and essentially just bullied her way to the top and accused him of all kinds of stuff because he, I guess he had, I don't want to speak for him. I'm, 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 I may be wrong on how I'm remembering the conversation, but, well, but the, nevertheless, she had been doing that behind her back. Uh, she had destroyed the reputation. I mean, the uh, relationship between Jerry and Dr. Del Rey at the time, because everybody trusted Sarah in the beginning. And so uh, thankfully they're good again. But that he was pretty upset about that too. And again, there's a lot of victims out there. So what happens is when you start talking about these things publicly, starting people to start coming pot, forward, you yeah. start getting messages and people are like, yeah, by the way, that happened to me, but I don't want to go public because I'm still afraid. I had a Posticon people contacting me and it's like, man, I would love for you to be able to use my name, but you can just use the information because that'll help you get to where you need. But I'm still afraid of Sarah. We still live in the same town. You don't know what she's capable of. You don't have a clue. And, and that wasn't just from one person. I would hear similar things from other people. Um, Robert and Rosalind were two who went public on Reddit saying these same things. And that's two people who were very close to Sarah. And, uh, you know, this, this weekend I had a Posticon people come up to me and hug me and, and, and the, the new president, uh, RJ, she was like, Hey, like it was a long hug. Mm-hmm. 
And she was not a fake one. (laughs) She's like, listen, I know you did what you had to do. And I want to tell you that had you not done it, we wouldn't have not never been, not never, we would have not been able to get this out as fast as we did. She's like, you really helped us push it out there and get it and get it out there. And, um, you know, she gave me a few other details and she was like, we're trying to start over. We're, we're hoping we've gotten the bad apples out and, uh, we have a new management team. And that this goes for recovering from religion, by the way, too. What, what I'd really like the takeaway to be from everybody listening uh, is that recovering from religion out of these three organizations, recovering from religion and apostacon, they have been working on this and they were working on it when I was stirring the shit pot. Uh, but the judicial, you know, the, the, or the, um, the arbitration process and even the judicial process is a slow one. Um, and so you also have other people, board members at the back at the time who were more concerned about the black eye the entire community would get as opposed to stopping them, which I think ethically is wrong. Um, however, I will say that recovering from religion and apostacon were already fighting this and recover and, and, and rec- I guess apostacon's done now, but recovering from religion is still fighting this. They are still taking it all the way to the court system or arbitration, one of those two. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they've been so forthcoming with everything and so transparent, I don't blame them. You know, I think they do need to take it this far because, um, from what I hear, they lost a lot of donors because of the, the, what Neil put out. You know, so, because a lot of those recovering from religion people came in there, not a lot, but you know, I guess a good number of them came through through Neil. So I know that the fundraiser, I should say. Yeah. So so JT's first blog post was just dealing with Apostacon, right? It had to be correct. Okay. So so that was that was all the information on Apostacon, and yeah, I mean we've we've mentioned the money that you know. Didn't end up going to Penn and Teller and someone else being out, what, $25,000 toward that? I think uh, they've since been paid back half. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's still $12,500 is yeah. a nice down payment on a house. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that his first, his first post dealt with that. And his next post, and I think he's only really done two, right? And the Apostacon thing was really long. His, his latest post, uh, in talking about all of the stuff with recovering from religion and Neil Carter was a book. really long post. It was a book. Yeah. I think it was 24,000 words. It ended up being 30 something oh, thousand. Really? Yeah. I believe he, it, at some point in it, he, he posted a word count and yeah, it was, I, I believe it was 30,000 something words. That's, uh, that's, that's like a, a, a half a book. Yeah. Really long. And I have, I have notes on there also. I, do I have you guys for a little while? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. You can grill me for three hours. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so as I, oh, well, before we move on to this, there was, there was a point, I know, you know, when you, when you're looking like a maniac and you're, you're, you're posting these, uh, you're making these posts on Facebook and deactivating your account. I know there was, there was a period in there where you and Brian Fields had some kind of falling out, something back and forth. Yeah. I don't really know what happened there. Yeah, he's my buddy now. But you said, I asked you about I, this pre-show, and you're like, no, ask me about it. I'll, I'll talk yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I meant to publicly apologize to him on Dolphin Debate and was going to, but when the wrap-up came, I, I didn't realize we were going to wrap up. I thought we were still going to go, and it happened so fast. And, and once David starts the wrap-up stuff, I didn't want to interrupt He's got the him. music playing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I wanted to make a public apology to him. Um uh, and, and that's unequivocal. So I, I have this thing about these PSJWs out here where I used to, I used to spend a lot of time reasoning with them, talking with them, 
having conversations with them on social media and being diplomatic and, and you know. There's some you know people. I mean? There's some people that <laughs> I swear to fucking Christ, there is no amount of rational, reasonable discussion that you can have with some people where they won't pull their fucking head out of their ass, and right. it drives me up the wall. So, and and at some point, you just hit that wall, right? You hit that wall, and you're like, okay, go fuck yourself. I hit that. I <laughs> have tried repeatedly through hours of discussion or hours of typing out conversation with you back and forth, and you are deflecting. You're 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 being misleading. You're manipulating. You're strawmanning. You're throwing in red herrings. It doesn't fucking matter. You have a narrative that you are clinging to, and it doesn't matter what I say to you. You will always cling to that. So I'm done. Go fuck yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah, you those can, are the people right yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, Brian Fields got caught up in that whirlwind. But I, I when I was stirring the shit pot, I said I'm I'm going to contact an attorney here in D.C. to figure out how I can release this journalistically, um, and make sure I don't get sued and da da da. And and people were like, "Where's the evidence?" And this these these are the responses I would give them because mm-hmm. in the beginning I wanted to give them the correct you know the truth. Um, well, why aren't you leading with the evidence? I'm like, well, this isn't a court of law circumstantial evidence is what I'm leading with. And I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a victim. So you're getting my testimony and I know you were on the Reddit thread. So you saw victims over there at what point? I mean, do you need to see the priest actually fucking the little boy or can you have 20,000 boys saying priest fucked us mm-hmm. and go, okay, this is worth a court case. Mm-hmm. You don't go, well, I didn't see the dick come out of the priest robe. <laughs> it's we've a- not been able to, we've not been able to DNA test any of the semen samples. <laughs> But when you're behaving like a cult, these are the things that are tribal. These are the things that happen. You just want to, this can't be true. So, well, why aren't you leading with the evidence? And they're like, well, I'm telling you some of the things and I'm, I'm giving you what I can. And there, there are, she lost the three positions and he lost his. And, um, you see what people, the other victims of the other group organization are saying on Reddit. You know, you have enough circumstantial evidence to stop the bleeding, meaning get the word out to other promenaders that don't take your photo ops so fast. Just wait till this all airs out. You can even if you can even call Sarah Neal and say, look, for now, there's something coming down the pipeline, apparently with arbitration or possible criminal charges. We can Let's still reschedule. Be Let's reschedule for a later day. Yeah. But I can't promote your new website. Yeah. Your new, uh, you know, your new nonprofit. Yeah. Because there were some things that you could, you know, was being told, told publicly about, like the apostacon stuff. There was no NDAs there, mm-hmm. so you you already had enough credible information out there to stop the bleeding at least. And so Brian was one of the people who ignored it, seemingly ignored all of those things. Because every day that I'd pop back on, or every few hours when it would pop back up, someone would have a, a similar question. He would come in and say, yeah, that's what I was asking. I mean, I've already fucking answered. And so I didn't know Brian that well in the time. It's just somebody who I'd met briefly at somewhere out there in the country. I couldn't even tell you. Um, and so I just saw, I put him in that PSJW category. And once I put you there, there is no more reasoning. You're just a fucking cunt. <laughs> because I know the word cunt's really going to piss you off. And uh-huh. I know that you're going to get off your, your computer angry as fuck. <laughs> Like there's nothing I can say to you to piss you off. Like there's circumstantial evidence. I've contacted an attorney. Da, da, da. You're still sitting there just trying to, you know, stick your stick in me. Um, so I, I, but what happened was I have another fake account that I use. It's a personal account. It's not a fake one, but it's a personal one that I don't do any of this activism stuff on. So it's fam, it's kid friendly for my family, my right. kids and yeah. nieces and nephews. Um, uh, but Lindsay or somebody had told me there was a big thread about this going on and my name was mentioned a couple of times. And so I went on that fake account and went over to Brian Fields account 
And I was watching his debate all the way down this long, hard thread. And I think this was after Sarah, the uh, JT Sarah post came out. No, it may have been after the Neil Carter post. Yeah, this all running together for me. But anyway, as I watch, I, I think had, it, I think it was before the Neil Carter. It was. It may have been. It might have even been bef- ahead of the apost. Maybe in between. One. Yeah, it may have been in between. But the the point is, is I started. I, I was reading Brian Fields' comments, not him. I didn't. I was seeking. I, I just. It was from his post. So I was reading everyone's comments, but Brian was, he wasn't a PSJW. Like he was, yeah, he asked for evidence and he kept asking for evidence and was ignoring what I said, but, but he was actually having conversations with people who were trying to use some of that irrational bullshit, some of the logic, you know, the red herrings like you're talking about. And he was holding everyone's feet to the fire. And even though I had attacked him personally, he was still defending some of the stuff I said. Um, you know, he called me a hothead and things like that, but that was true. That's what I looked like, right? So I can't get mad about that. <laughs> but he also was saying, but Joey also da 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 da. And I just had to call him. Well, actually, I messaged him and asked him if I could call him because the, the very thing we talked about, it's hard to have serious conversations over text or messaging. Mm-hmm. And uh, first, I apologized through the message. I did do that through the message, but then I asked if I could call him and he sent me his number. And I think we talked for two hours and we were, we were best buds at the, we shared a nice scotch. But I really, you know, I understand, I understood at least where he was coming from and he wanted to lead with the evidence. And he had told me later that he had heard about a lot of this, you know, since last October. And, and it was clearly like what was cool about this weekend is we actually got to sit down and talk about here comes that word, the nuance of it all. Uh-huh. I'm so yeah. tired of that word. <laughs> You're not nuanced. That's what the PSW say. It's like, no, we're nuanced. I'm nuanced a, as fuck. <laughs> You're just a fucking idiot. Um, Anyway, uh, but we actually got to sit down and actually get pretty deep into the whys and the hows. And, uh, you know, like he, when he, before he left, he, he, met, he texted me and said, I just want you to know I'm glad we're friends again. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we I'm very out. glad you guys are friends again, too. I, I do- like you both quite a bit. I yeah. dove on him on a, uh, in his hotel room bed. <laughs> He's kissing me on the cheek in a picture that's out there. No, I do. I, I, I wish more people were like him, actually. Um, I don't think he's always right. I think there's a lot of times where Brian, and I told him this, and he, he knows maybe he won't be mad at me, but the, <laughs> but there's a lot of times he'll share something, and, and I'm like, oh, I don't agree with that. But who gives a shit? Who cares? Yeah. When it comes down to the nitty gritty, he really wants the facts and the truth, and 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 so well, and I've I've wish. never understood why people. So we we've talked about you know some people it doesn't matter what you say to them, they're always going to be a fucking asshole, and they're always going to believe whatever they want to believe. I've also never understood how. I've just lost my train of thought. That's okay. Did, did I say I was sorry to Brian? I'll yes. get you back to it. Did I say it? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Brian. I love you. Yeah. Next time, next time I want to kiss on the lips. Though. Oh, so, so you said, you know, <laughs> you don't, you don't think he's always right and whatever. And that's fine. You said that's fine, which is awesome because way too often I see people who, who project, you know, whatever they want somebody to be onto that person. And, you know, oh, this person posted this. So clearly they believe A, B, C, Z, you know, on on all on down the list, they posted this one thing. So clearly, our beliefs for any number of issues are going to line up perfectly. And then the first time you have any any bit of disagreement with them, you're a terrible fucking person, and they'll never talk to you again because you no longer fit that mold of who they thought you were. Right? You're still the same person. Yeah. They just had been projecting this 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 idyllic person that they thought you were or that would align perfectly with everything they believe and the second you don't 
then you're an asshole and you're right. you're out and you're done and or if it's a PSJW you're a racist you're a transphobe and you're a homophobe and it's like man I I literally have a certificate of achievement from the state of North Carolina for my activism during the LGBT marriage equality debates back in 2012 from Representative Marcus Brandon invited us to Raleigh got a nice thank you for it he's the first out gay black uh, elected official in North Carolina. So when people call me a homophobe and a transphobe, it's just, it's like, really, you, you just misread something. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about poser social justice warriors. All of a sudden, they just negate every fucking thing I've done for the last five years. Before Joey and I got married, we were living together, and that's when this, he got the certificate. Joey told Marcus once, uh, marriage. That's Representative the, Marcus Brandon. Representative <laughs> Marcus Brandon, that, they should go to the courthouse and get married to protest this whole marriage. I tried to marry him. He tried to go get married to Marcus, which I was fully supportive of because I wanted to see that. And they were going to make the news and this was going to be awesome. Well, we actually did it to stand. Make, we actually did it to get it into the courtroom. We, right. We knew we'd make the news, but we also knew that we, I wanted to get it into a court battle right because we knew we were that's so how that's how things. that's how homophobic my husband is that's how yeah. oh and he's black an so i guess i'm racist and a homophobe now so uh. i was gonna marry a black gay man he uh. still calls me his husband till this day <laughs> he called me two weeks ago and said hey husband how you doing <laughs> he definitely tries to steal kisses from joey when he's around <laughs> <laughs> oh the cheek let's don't get him uh-huh. <laughs> just kidding so so i'm so the rest of my notes are all related to JT's post uh talking about um recovering from religion. Okay. And Sarah Moorhead, but it, I mean it's it's mainly centered around Neil Carter and his involvement with recovering from religion. Um so I seem to recall and and I I'm making these notes as I'm as I'm reading through JT's JT's post and and my first note is that I seem to recall that the original fundraiser specifically mentioned something about increasing donors and funds. And I said part of it, if I recall correctly, mentioned needing time to do that and a person dedicated to doing so because they had their servers go down. Right. They they were in a financial crunch to try to get them back up and, and start servicing servicing people, that sounds bad. <laughs> start providing service to people again. Um and so this fundraiser that I that I could recall was was dedicated to fundraising for recovering from religion. That was the main goal of holding this fundraiser to hire Neil to go and raise funds for them. That they wanted to be able to dedicate somebody full time to scale, do this. Right. Yeah. yeah, all over the country, right? Yeah, that that would be their focus. Was we need funds? We need somebody to come in and do this. And in order to do that, they need to be doing it full time. You know, this would be great for, for this person to do that. Listed all of their bona fides and why they would be a good fit. And the purpose for it was to be a fundraiser. This person was going to be but you don't the have person in months, charge of raising funds for the organization. Con- you don't have seven months of contact. You just have an actual <laughs> document yeah. that was signed. An actual, an actual fundraiser yeah. that's still up and available, and you can go and fucking read to see exactly what it says. And it is all about fundraising. Look, look JT did an amazing job on. I think they speak. I think those blogs speak for themselves. They're articles to me. They're. I mean, they're just. The, he he's fair, but he's direct. He backs it at the things he doesn't have evidence for. He just says, look, there's more, but we're going to deal with that in court. 
He's just letting you know there's more and we're going to court. But they, of course, the, the, the PSJW sit, they, they jump on that. What are you doing? They're saying they're staying, saying there's more without evidence. It's like, wait, 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 wait. There was- well, you shouldn't even say it then if you can't give us all of yeah, the evidence. They, they jump- oh my goodness. <laughs> they jump on that rather than, Hey, uh, who deleted the document? Yeah. Why wouldn't, why didn't people jump on that? I had to go back on there and ask Neil because Neil Carter commented on it. You know, two, three hours pass by and I go read the comments. And of course I'm getting shit all over, but I'm like, why isn't anyone? It says the documents were deleted after he emailed Neil and, uh, the, uh, I guess the, the, uh, the permissions were taken away. So it's down to two people, mm-hmm. Neil and Sarah called collusion. If it's true, if it turns out to be true. So we'll say again, this is all allegedly the entire podcast is allegedly until we have all this stuff worked out. But again, no one, none of these little fucking cult, secular cult people said, hey, that part at the top where those documents got deleted, Neil, since you've commented on this thread now, you're here. What happened? I haven't gone back to see if there was even a response. So I I will give you that. Maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. But I had to go back and ask that. I didn't go back because I didn't want to hear the response. Because I know the secular cult listening just jumped on that. Yeah. Why did you go back? He probably answered, or maybe he did answer. I didn't go back because I'd called 12 people a cunt that day already. And I didn't <laughs> want it to turn into 13, 14, 15, and 20. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read through quite a few of the comments on there and made a few comments of my own. And yeah, it was clear that a lot of these people have just set up their own echo chamber. And aren't interested in what the facts are. They're interested in promoting a narrative that Neil's a great guy and he's done good work. And clearly everybody at recovering from religion is in on this giant conspiracy to ruin Neil for some fucking reason. Like why, why would they pay for someone that they wanted to ruin? Yeah. That makes no fucking sense at all. I think a lot of people actually had a lot of empathy for him and what he was going through. If you even followed his blog or anything, you could, you saw the heartache that that man has gone through. Mm -hmm. At least it resonated with me. Mm -hmm. So I don't think anybody wanted to hurt him in the beginning. I don't think anybody wanted to hurt Sarah. They've made their own bed. They've made their own choices. This is just the consequences of those choices. Mm -hmm. They could have, like Joey said earlier, publicly apologized earlier when they were told or knew that they had messed up and they decided not to. They decided to keep going and Neil tried to cover things up for Sarah. I don't know if it was reciprocated, but well, consequences. When, J- when JT reached out to me to get my side of the story and whatever evidence I had while he was working on this, there wasn't a more fair person I could have talked to because, you know, it. he, he certainly wasn't trying to help me out. He was just trying to figure out he had already been working on the, like I said, Apostolic and Recovering for Religion were already working on things. And so I don't know if JT was their person in the beginning, but this stuff was starting to come out. But when JT reached out to me, there was, it was just, Hey, I need what I need your evidence. I need any screenshots you have, you know, and whatever it is, like if it helps Neil or Sarah, then that's what's going out there. If it doesn't. And I mean, he was, when he called me on the phone at one point, we talked on the phone instead of messaging because I'm not going to type all these details out. The things I have screenshots for, I'll send to him and type those details out. But other, this other part of the conversation of why I'm stirring the shit pot and all that, I just wanted to have a conversation with him about that. But he, um, at no time did he goes, well, how can we angle this for you? Or, you know, yeah. how, you can, we, hire how me can we your, spin this to make it sound better your, for you? Yeah, you want to hire me as your publicist. None, none yeah. of that. It was just like, the, I'm looking for facts. And if it helps Neil or Recovering from Religion or Apostacon, that's what's going in my fucking blog. Because that's where I'm at now. He's like, but it really sucks because all these people are my friend. And he started 
you know, choking up on the phone. He's like, all these people are my friends. They've been in my home. I've helped them a lot. And I can hear him choking up in the background. And, you know, this weekend, there was one moment in this entire weekend where me and Smalley and JT were all together. And it was probably three minutes, maybe four minutes at the most. And someone snapped a photo. Was it? It was. I don't know who. I don't think it was me, but it was. I found the photo just scrolling through my line. I saw the photo and I made it my profile picture for a little while. And of course, when the person who ever made it, I can't remember now, but um, I went and read some when I clicked on it to change my uh, the next day. Um, someone had commented that this is like some kind of proof that there's some conspiracy going oh, on. Oh, Jesus and Christ. And we're like the new behind the scenes, you know, mob or whatever. <laughs> and let me tell you something. That little three minute, first of all, it was JT had just sat down. He was exhausted. I had just sat down. I can, I'm, I'm sweating in the picture. I think the I saw the, the picture. I think JT's sitting on a couch with a beer and David's yeah. on the end of the couch and you're sitting yeah. next to JT. It's an adorable picture. Yeah. My, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, not so much. My, I dub, think so. my double chin's in it. <laughs> And my hair looks matted. It'd been sweating, you know, <laughs> going all day. But someone starts talking about us being some kind of conspiracy. And the, the, the funny part is, is that conversation lasted a few minutes. And what we were making, that conversation was laughing about the fact that people actually think we conspired together. Like we have some evil. An evil cabal. Like some evil office somewhere underground where we meet up and go, we're taking over the atheist community uh, by <laughs> taking out good people with families. Uh, and, and so all we did was go, can you believe people think we actually conspired? And we laughed and had a giggle at it. We still sad, but at the same time, we're, we're, that, that's what that conversation was about. So these, the secular cult people are just, you know, they're, they're diving in and they're, they're reading what they want to read into things. Oh, yeah. And, and, the, and they'll they believe whatever the fuck they want. And, and facts don't matter. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGI Podcast. Thanks, bitches. Oh, yeah. So I, I had mentioned that the, the fundraiser that was put out there for Recovering from Legion for, to hire Neil Carter as a contractor, mm-hmm. you know, that I, that I seem to recall it saying something about uh, specifically being for fundraising. And as I was reading through JT's post, that was actually answered with a screen capture later, and a quote from the fundraiser, the Go- is Indiegogo, I think is where it's at, a quote from that specifically says, quote, devotes his full time and attention to the fundraising needs of recovering from religion for three months. His full time and attention to the fundraising needs of recovering from religion for three months. So I have a note here also that says, why pay someone who was already volunteering instead of, instead of friending servant? Why pay a volunteer? Why pay someone that's already volunteering instead of fixing the servers that were down? Yes, instead of fixing the servers that were down. Yeah. Why, why would they pay somebody? To do something other than fundraising if they already needed funds to fix the servers. Why would they not fix the servers? Their whole, their whole mission was shot at that point, right? And unless those servers are up and running, they can't help anybody recover from religion. That was, that was one of their main things going on. That's stuff they can work out in arbitration, you know, to me. I don't know. I can't answer all those questions or answer that question. Oh, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, he, you know, Neil, Neil was saying, well, you know, they, they didn't bring me on for, for fundraising. I don't want to do fundraising. I want to help grow groups and do all of this other shit. Why yeah. the fuck would he think that they needed 
that they were going to pay him when they couldn't even run their servers. That seems to me like either he's ignorant or he's lying. I think maybe because when you do a fundraiser that's earmarked for a specific need, you're supposed to keep it for that specific need. Right. All right. So uh, the next the next bit on my notes here um, says that Neil's email. Oh no. So so the next note that I have is that the fundraiser went out before they even had a contract signed. This this fundraiser that was put out for Neil Carter was thrown out on the internet before they had any kind of contract for him at all. It would appear so. Which, I I don't understand how that... Ha- I mean, I understand that it does happen. I don't understand why they would have allowed it to happen. Like, I think, I think that's something that in retrospect I would say, you know, the people that are recovering from religion, that's that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing to have happen. To throw out a fundraiser where you're a, you're a large national organization, you're asking for a hefty sum of money, you should have something in writing and a contract done before this happens. And so I think that was a problem. That that's something that I would that I would put on the people at recovering from you, religion. You've been to a lot of conferences, right? You know yeah. when, they, when you know when these nonprofits a fair when, amount, not you, a lot, but you know when these speakers get up and they start the, their pitch for the nonprofit. Um, Mm-hmm. They're nonprofits. The 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 major theme behind every secular nonprofit is transparency, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting to see these people who are trying their best to be transparent, and then you have the other side, which is trying their best to not be transparent. Mm-hmm. They're blocking everything they can. You know, they're made, Lindsay just found that comment we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, where I asked Neil Carter if. Oh, who, who, who deleted the document? Yeah, who deleted Apparently, the document. he answered. And it's here's what's interesting. Can I see that for just a second? I, I'll let you read it, but I want to. One of the first, and this is the secular cult speaking. These are those PSJWs that I just don't give a fuck about anymore, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to write reason with. You spent hours trying to reason with them, so yeah. you, you feel my pain. Yeah. Um, but here's one that says the court case might be well underway by now had you opted to promote that avenue rather than choosing to scream about this issue like a petulant child on the internet. Because you had any control over that? Um, yeah, like <laughs> over the court stuff. Yeah. And that my whole point was that they're out here fundraising with our colleagues. We have enough circumstantial evidence to stop that. And it's not going to happen unless someone screams like a petulant child on the Internet. So I'm not going to apologize for that. That's my whole point. That's how I got the entire thing, the whole ball rolling. Yeah, that's like and it's funny. Like they're 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 trying to use that against me. It's like no, that's what I'm admitting to. That's what I I did that on purpose. Well, and it's and and it's a little bit like going up to one of the women who had accused Bill Cosby of raping them and saying, you know, this could have been well into this could have been well into going to the courts and having him arrested and convicted and everything if you would have just shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, well where's the transparency yeah. in that? And how does that even how does that even work? These all of these people start coming forward and people say, "Well, Bill Cosby's a great guy. He's never raped me." Oh, well, fucking good for you. Well, some people don't have the courage to come forth unless someone else does it first. Yeah, well, That's and it's hard. Point. And it's hard. That's I mean, it's point. hard. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, look, Robert and Rosalind were right behind it, or maybe even in front of it in some areas. I don't know. But the point is, is we were empowering other people mm-hmm. to speak up, and it worked. And mm-hmm. now the people who were, we have the screenshots and this mountain of evidence on now, not just circumstantial evidence anymore. We have a mountain of hardcore evidence. And now these people are what? They don't want to be so transparent anymore. They, We should let the courts handle it. And we, 
arbitration, if you take it to arbitration, arbitration is not a public thing. Neil Carter knows this. Mm-hmm. He has to, if he, if he has an attorney, attorney advising him, he knows that arbitration, it wouldn't be a public thing. The only people running and hiding are Neil and Sarah. And the only people who have been upfront from the very beginning were Apostacon and Recovering from Religion with everything, including the document dump, um, including agreeing to rescind their NDAs if, if Sarah and Neil would rescind theirs. This is so easy. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's so, it's so easy for criminal, but like as far, as far as the community and raising more funds in the future from these two, this is so easy. Mm-hmm. We have to stop it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? To the person who commented that I've been, I've been seeing, I've seen a lot of her comments. She, she, she literally thinks that this is a conspiracy. <laughs> um, she's probably one of the biggest fucking idiots on all of these threads. Well, you can say she's, her name if you want. She's learned, no. she's learned that you're actually a lizard person. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to give her any attention, but she messaged me privately, like this long book of questions. And I'm like, look, A, I don't know you and I don't have to justify anything to you. Yeah. But I will tell you this. And then she came back with another long book of questions. And I had been seeing her comments. I, she's full of shit. But mm-hmm. she really believes that this is some kind of conspiracy. And she also believes that, well, if Sarah did it, Neil doesn't belong. No, this, this is, this is going to turn out to most likely be collusion. Mm-hmm. But even if it doesn't, we have enough actual physical evidence to stop them from raising funds in the future in the, in the secular community. And that's all I ever cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, for the record, I, I am, I, well, I've, I've sort of changed my mind since last week. I would have said, for the record, I wouldn't want that, I don't want to see them criminally charged. This is enough. It's, they, I don't think they started out with bad intentions. I don't think they came into the secular community thinking they were going to fuck people over. I think they came in with an overzealous, you know, a schmoozy type of ickiness to them but i don't think they're criminals and i don't or i don't think they meant to be criminals i think they were desperate and i think they dug the hole like you said deeper and deeper and deeper and this is where we are today but since then i've seen screenshots of where uh, neil has said publicly that um david smalley set him up and he said some other things about jt same the same along the same lines mm-hmm. and to me here's the thing the Bible gets it right here. The Bible gets it really right here. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Uh-huh. If you want to lie about something, you tell a lie, it's fine. But if you, you know, you can, you can deal with that. But if you lie on someone else's re- and you hurt, harm someone else's reputation, and that's what Neil has done. Neil knows he's fucking guilty. The evidence is just there. And his responses have been so just like the, the response with David on the, on Dalman debate, the, 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 uh, Elliot, um, blog, mm-hmm. the one he put out where this is the work I've done for Rough Covering from Religion. <laughs> um, and it looked like a resume that a 22 year old write where they would embellish everything and put fillers in. I noticed that. Smalley noticed that. You noticed that. Mm-hmm. Everybody noticed it except for his little secular cult following. And we're, and we're talking but, about a period of at least six months where he would, where he was supposed to have been doing this as a full time fucking job. Right. 40 hours a week for six months. He's like, and I took out the trash twice. <laughs> yeah. And what did he accomplish in that time? And was it worth, what did they pay him? Seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars for this? Mm, it might have been more. I thought it was 18 at the time because I didn't, but Neil corrected me in one of his blogs that he got the wrong name and got the wrong amount. Yeah. Who cares? Well, Joey asked on, um, on JT's blog, Joey asked, who deleted the comment, Neil? Can't wait to follow your court case. A little bit snarky <laughs> of Joey there. <laughs> but he's asking directly because nobody else would. Yeah. And that's one of these big 
big red flags. Yeah, so who deleted the contract? So, of course, we have the the comment that Joey was talking about earlier. Then Neil responds to Joey. He says, Joey, give it a rest. I didn't delete anything, nor did I ask anyone to delete anything at any point in the saga. I wasn't even the owner of that document, so I'm not sure that would even be possible. And then... So, so the information we have is that so there he were may be two telling people. the truth right there, yeah, because he probably emailed Sarah to ask her something, and Sarah's the one that probably allegedly deleted it. Well, and that's so, what is that's collusion. So, I mean, is so so the information that we have is that there were two people who had access to the document. More one so of them, the one beginning. of them was Neil, and the other in JT's post isn't named, but I mean, clearly Sarah. It's yeah, it's clear that it was say. Sarah. Yeah. So, so Neil Allegedly and Sarah, Sarah are the two people who had access, <laughs> who, had, who had access to this document. Neil is saying that he didn't do it. So is he throwing Sarah under oh, the bus here? And I, and I didn't ask anybody to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, yeah, but still, if you sent an email asking, uh, and, you know, maybe you can't prove collusion there, but I don't care at this point. Just leave. Already. And if it's deleted within hours of asking Neil, is it just coincidence that it disappears within hours of asking? And the same thing happened with Apostacon as JT dialed it down on some documents. Uh, documents from the Dropbox disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, and, he got screenshots of all this stuff before he sent out the questions, which was very helpful. Yeah. So Sarah has just dropped off of the radar, right? She's not responding to anybody. She's not answering questions. She's she, not posting anything. Yeah. I hear she's still posting, actually, like nothing ever happened. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's posting stuff about removing the fig leaf, but she's not She's not posting anything concerning any of this. Nothing from Apostacon, nothing from Recovering from Religion, nothing about the Reason Rally, nothing about Neil Carter, other than removing the fig leaf or whatever. Yeah, if anything, Sarah, if you want to be a good criminal, you did. The, she did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's just blown, you know, I don't know that she's blown it all off, but she's not commenting about it. That I've seen anywhere. She's not claiming conspiracies, I don't guess, publicly, which is a good thing. You yeah. Because yeah. Smalley's a really, really, really good guy, man. Um, you know, I've had I've had business dealings with him. I the to see his character and, and JT had, you know, JT put out the blog. You can kind of see where Neil would go after him. And I know Smalley put out the show. But Smalley gave him an opportunity to 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 talk about that that blog that he put out with Elliot and, and, and Smalley gave him every out he could and Neil just buried himself deeper and deeper. And I mm-hmm. just think to attack their character puts Neil on a different level for me. I actually do not care if he goes to jail now. I won't have any, I don't have any empathy for Neil anymore. And you know, something that, something else that struck me through all of this is that when I went back and read through the, the fundraiser for Neil, JT is mentioned in there as being like a huge supporter, one of the people who would be involved in this fundraiser that, yeah. you know, at, at certain donation levels or whatever, or, or as part of this, that JT, and it mentions JT by name, that JT Eberhard would, would, I think, teach Neil how to sing up, you know, in opera or whatever and have Neil <laughs> sing this stuff. But I mean, JT is specifically mentioned in there as being someone who is obviously very, very tight with Neil and with Sarah and with recovering from religion and is going to help them with this and and is a big supporter of it. Why would JT then turn around as part of this giant conspiracy to tear something down that JT was, I mean, from the get-go in this fundraiser, sort of mixed in, you know, he was was in the mix with it from the very beginning. Right. As JT said, you know, I had him at my house. Yeah. Why would I why would he agree much. to be part of this if this is all just some 
big collusion with with everybody that they're just trying with to me ruin of Neil. all people i'm and, being the maniac right and and why and why would they try to tear neil down what reason do they have to do that yeah and think about it why would jt and smalley who have these years of um of reputation out there that's been solid as a rock publicly and privately why would they all of a sudden jump on the petulant child side and go oh we want a clue with that guy you know, at this time, I'm being the maniac, right? Look at this fucking maniac over here. We're going to join his team. We're going to put everything on the line for this petulant child maniac. Yeah, it, it's it's zero sense, man. But this this is more uh, a, a proof of the secular cult I've been talking about, man. You just cannot stop this kind of stuff. It's tribal, and I think we're all prone to it. But this is so over-the-top ridiculous. But, you know, it makes sense, though, because when you watch – you've watched documentaries on cults before. Uh-huh. There's been there's been cult leaders that have uh, talked about end times and given date and specific times and dates, and there's one documentary on on YouTube. I can't remember the name of it. You can find it though, just through cult and end times. Uh, but they walk out to this pasture and the cameras are following them. And this guy who's been you know having sex with all these people in his cult and convincing them of this date and time, they walk out there, and the time comes to pass, and they start walking back. After a, few, after a few hours, they start walking back to their compound, and the camera guy goes, are you still convinced that this guy is the... Uh, uh, He's the real Jesus, deal? Uh, Jesus yeah. reincarnated? Yes, well, and they just start rationalizing. And when I read these comments on Neil Carter's blogs, it's so... It's such a parallel. It's just such a good... I, I can't... I'm just... My mind is literally blown. Yeah. I can understand them hating me for acting like a petulant child. I can, I can accept that. I was being a maniac. They don't know who I am. They just... They, they see these crazy comments and these accusations coming out. But I can't understand that they can do that to JT and Smalley. Mm-hmm. And, and just circumvent everything, throw out all the red herrings and the straw man. Yeah, and, what, what, what would be the motive for JT or, or David to... To do that, they they have no reason to do that. They Neil do Neil and Sarah doing this makes everybody look bad, including David and JT, because they were very friendly with them. They contributed. They helped promote these things. Why would the fuck would they go through all of that only to turn around and 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 be part of this so called conspiracy to tear Neil and Sarah down? I don't know, but I can tell you this: these are the people. If you're listening, and I'm sure you are. Those of you who are commenting on Neil Carter's blog and just uh, t- turning a blind eye to all the evidence, there's an entire South Park episode uh, season that is that about these so-called social justice warriors and these culty type people. There's, a, there's there's an entire season of South Park about you. I'd love for you to go watch it because you are the reason why the conferences are dying. You are the reason why you're part of the reason why Reason Rally was an epic failure this year. And had maybe six to eight thousand people at it instead of thirty to fifty thousand people at it. Of course, there was a manager. There was some type of the the what I forgot what Hemet Meta put in his blog, but he barely briefly talked about you know the the board member change, the the power shift or whatever. Yeah, that had a huge. The way these social justice warriors act out here in public and just screw this mob mentality on top of the corruption. On top of you screwing over other speakers, on top of you screwing over people that were supposedly hired, and and, and you, on top of stealing celebrity contacts from people like me, there's a reason why your conferences aren't getting promoted by people like me anymore. So the word, one of the main complaints about RR is a lot of people are like, we didn't hear about it until recently. That's another reason why the numbers were down. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. 
and and people like me who used to would have blasted it everywhere and got it in the hands of other celeb, you know, like not other. I'm not a celebrity, but actual celebrities to put it out there. It would have blown up even more. I'm just one willing uh, cog in the wheel. But the point is, is when you have this many people you've screwed over, nobody wants to play anymore. So for the future, Lindsay and I are going in separate directions. Y'all have fun with that social justice warrior bullshit, screaming mod mentality, have no real mission statement because you have 37 mission statements. <laughs> nobody knows what the fuck they're doing anywhere. And leadership is corrupt or unethical. So y'all have fun with it. Joey, Fuck that. I, I want to write the jokes. I don't want to be the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Joey actually saw some of this happen at Reason Rally at one of the after parties. A girl, <laughs> this happened to two of our friends, a girl, and I was not there. I just heard the screaming, literal screaming of this woman in some guy's face. I won't say his name because I don't. Faisal and Lee Moore, two guys' face. There you go. Faisal got <laughs> cornered in an elevator. By, I believe, the same girl that was screaming in Lee Moore's face outside calling, I think they called um, Faisal a racist, sexist piece of shit. Don't quote me. I'm not sure. What? It's true. It's true. He is. (laughs) (laughs) We gave him a Trump shirt. We know he loves him. (laughs) And then Lee Moore, Joey was right beside him. So I think you know more than I do about that one. Uh, Well, Lee Moore can speak for himself. But we watched the PSJW bullshit unfold at this very conference we were at. Literal screaming. But the hotel we were at. Ah, Jesus. They're everywhere, man. They're everywhere. And then she walked away and get, went and hugged her friend and act like everything was fine after fucking terrorizing these guys. And now that's just one person doing it to another, you know, two other people. Imagine someone who is the PR director for American Atheists like Moscato doing it publicly and Skepticon following it. Now you're just, like you said, you're ruining someone's future. This is, these are the people that are in our midst that we do nothing about because if we do something about the Moscato thing, then guess what? We're going to get blacklisted because she's in with all, you know, Silverman and everybody else. People are afraid to do anything about it. And Not we're Joey. supposed to, we're supposed to be the atheist. We're supposed to be the badasses. You know, we're supposed to be the ones that aren't afraid to tell the truth no matter what and aren't, aren't accept, aren't afraid to be wrong either. You know, but instead we let these little, we let like the Moscato thing, you know, People were letting that go, and they were siding with her, and there was a few people that weren't. But more of more of us, which Lindsay and I are out of the community. So when I say more of us, I now mean more of y'all. Mm-hmm. Need to when this when you see this stuff happening out there, whether it's corruption like the Sarah and Neil thing, you you might you know allegedly some embezzlement, paying personal bills, not paying other bills, using using recovering from religion money to pay uh, Posticon bills, using money from Reason Rally to pay all the everything else, to pay phone bills. Uh, some of these – anyway, the point is, is when you hear about these things, you have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. When you hear about these mob, th- these mobs of social justice warriors attacking someone and you see that it's not legit – there's not a legitimate cause, you have to do something about it. It doesn't matter their position. You know, if David Silverman knew – what was going on. And then if David's, and I'm not saying he did, I'm speculating here, but if, and if he knew that now Sarah is out there trying to get on Dalma debate and then scheduled to be on Dillahoney's show, Silverman has an ethical responsibility to call Matt up, his colleague and longtime friend and say, Hey man, can't give you any evidence, can't give you any other more information, but I can tell you that there's some investigating going on. There's been some unethical behavior maybe, and we're dealing with it. So you may want to back off for now. That's it. And then you've dealt with it internally. 
So and maybe I mean maybe that did happen. I mean, you know, you wonder no, if it did happen. Dilla Honey wouldn't have had her on the show. There's no way. You think? Well, I was just going to say you wonder, like you wonder how many times stuff like that does happen in the background, and like we said, you know, we're just spitballing here. But let's say David did know, and he did call Matt, and Matt just said, "Yeah, well, you know, I don't know yet. We've got her scheduled. We'll have her on. Fine, whatever. Yeah. fine. Yeah, David did his part. Yeah, you know. Yeah." It's, it's, it's as simple as that. You've done your part. You've done the best you can do with whatever information you can have. But again, it goes back to the, when they're selling their organizations, don't talk about transparency so much if you can't be fucking transparent. If you've got mm-hmm. NDAs all over the place under the radar, but yet you're promoting, we're so transparent. You can give us all your money. You know, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I fucking i just you're promoting a you know I, and i hold i hold my friends to a higher standard right so it, it really fucking bothers me when you know when i when i served as president uh for atheist of utah uh there were there were a few people who who were friends of mine who i thought we were fairly close whatever and they they seem to have this idea in their mind that you know i can do whatever the fuck i want because I'm friends with the president for Atheist of Utah. And so if I'm a fuck up and I do something wrong or whatever, well, Dan will have my back because we're friends. No, 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 no. No, fuck you. I hold my friends to a higher standard. Like, general members at large, people in the group, whatever, people who are loose associates with me, you know, they, they, their, their bar is, their bar is high as, as somebody who I think would be or should be representing atheism to the to the larger community right as somebody who is an open atheist that theists or non-believers or or just anybody in general would look be able to look at that person go oh that's an atheist that's a person who who behaves ethically they're a good representative of the atheist community whatever my friends who are in the atheist community have a higher bar to reach and stay at because I don't want to be associated with people who don't have that level of ethics because then that reflects on me. You know, you are, it, you are part of the company you keep. And I don't want it ever to come back on me like, well, why are you friends with this person who is a total piece of shit? Well, I'm not because <laughs> that person is a piece of shit. And so when I was president of Atheist of Utah, there were a couple of people who tried to take advantage of that and were doing whatever to fuck up. And no, I, they, they learned pretty quickly that that shit's not going to fucking fly with me. And if you're going to try to take advantage of me and my relationship or friendship with you, then we're not going to have that relationship or friendship anymore. Yeah. Well, now imagine if the um, atheist of Utah, the organization itself is put on the spot. You know, there, there comes a time in our lives, all of us, there comes many times where we have, you know, the, 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 the universe has put us in a predicament where like, shit. Each path, whatever cha- whatever path I choose is going to be hard for me on this one. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the people who were saying, well, I don't want the community to have a black eye. I saw one of the comments on the blogs, and this probably blew my mind more than anything. Um, someone said, oh, my God, this is going to hurt the entire community. And someone else commented below, yeah, well, what about the victims? Believe it or not, it wasn't me. <laughs> um, and the third comment, the per, the lady underneath it, I wish I could direct you to where it's been a month now. Uh, but the, the third comment underneath it was, I care about future donors. Let that sink in. She says 
my, oh my God, this is going to give the entire community a black eye. And someone says, well, what about the victims? I care about future donors. Wow. What the hell does that say? More than the victims. And those future donors could be current victims one day. Uh huh. But, but just literally didn't give a shit about who was hurt by this. We just need to, we just need to move forward for the greater good. And I heard a ton of that and I've seen, I've seen emails with that in it. And these are from some of the people that are up in high positions that I've heard have said this stuff. Um, so, you know, take it for what it's worth. But the point is, is if this is how we're going to operate, I definitely got to get the fuck out of here because we are a cult. Well, and the greater good would be. To take our lumps. Being, being, being morally ethical. Being, you know, being, being moral and ethical in your dealings with other people. That is the greater good. That is what reflects better on the secular community as a whole, rather than trying to cover shit up like the Catholic Church or like the LDS Church. You know, those, those are the organizations that we all as secularists or atheists know and expect to hide the terrible shit that goes on in their communities because they don't want it to reflect poorly on their communities. All right, dead on. It's good. We don't want that to be the case with the secular community. We want to be able to expose when that happens to show that we are that much better than those religious organizations. Because corruption is going to be everywhere at any time. So you were talking about South Park and the Social Justice Warriors? Yeah. That's season 19 for everyone who is interested. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. There's one um, one episode about a PC principal, and then there was a, um, an image of it, and it said, dude, watch your microaggressions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and look, Social Justice Warriors, if they're legit, deserve all the accolades, and I'm glad they're in the community, and I'm glad that, that they – are fighting for those social justice issues. Look, when I hear a Black Lives Matter person just refer to white people, I never get upset. I never get offended. They're generalizing, and they do it all the time. Mm -hmm. The Black Lives Matter group, they generalize all the time, and Mm -hmm. I never once get my feelings hurt. Mm -hmm. I may feel a little bit of a twinge sometimes because I am obviously a white guy, but I understand that they have a much larger message that's very important. And And they're not talking to you. They They're might even say- be talking to me somewhat. I may have some blind spots, but the point is they well, have a I, right to. Well, right, but I'm, but I'm even, I'm even just saying, you know, they're not, you know, people, people take shit so fucking personally all the time. Yeah. Like if there's a generalization made, that's what it is. It's, it's a generalization. They're not saying Joey Lee Kirkman, you right. know, when, when they say white people this or whatever, they're not saying Joey Lee Kirkman does this. It's a generalization. That's something that, that holds true for a majority of people. And and not only that, but I also understand that generalizing is sometimes an important tool mm-hmm. because it, it, it pulls people into a conversation that may otherwise stay silent. So when you say white people, now you got people coming out of the woodwork saying, well, not all white people, you know, the Captain <laughs> Obvious shit I see everywhere. Not all white people, not all Christians, not all. It at least forces them into the conversation, which I think is hilarious. But again. So when you hear me talking about poser social justice warriors, I'm not talking about the people who are out here acting in, in earnest. You know, I'm not talking about the people who are actually affecting change. Who are actually, people like Callie Wright with a Gatheist Manifesto. Don't agree with her on probably maybe 20% of the things, her, her, her worldview, but I agree with about 80%. But she's very articulate. She makes her point and she's a, she's a, a very smart girl. Mm hmm. So uh, that's someone who I don't agree with on a lot of things, but at the same time have the utmost respect for. She's a social justice warrior. 
You know, she and, and she's very blunt. She's says it like how she feels, but she doesn't tear your reputation down when you disagree with her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't try to sick 500 more people on you. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference. When we say these poser social justice warriors, we're talking about the PZ Myers and we're talking about the uh, Danielle Moscato's of the movement that have made huge mistakes attacking innocent people. Mm-hmm. We watched Richard Dawkins get torn down over a tweet that was you know, miscom, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, comprehended wrongly by a lot of people. Um, several tweets. <laughs> yeah, several tweets. And I'm not defending all of them. I'm yeah. just saying, but still though, when, you know, yeah. when we're putting our thoughts out there, we can't be perfect all the time. You can disagree oh, yeah. with 20% of it. You can disagree yeah. with half, but that's no reason to mob him. And it, yeah, and it's no reason to try to destroy somebody over one thing that they've gotten wrong or, or even several things that they've gotten wrong. It's a wrong. blind spot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's something that you can have a dialogue with them rather than jumping on the rage machine and taking it to fucking town. Right. My best friends right now currently are uh, one's a Catholic and one's a Libertarian. I don't line up with neither one of those viewpoints. <laughs> but those are my two closest friends, and we've been long-term friends, so. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, in, in Neil's – so in the post from JT uh, – Talking again about Neil and his role with recovering from religion. Neil's email to Daryl, or one of his emails to Daryl says, quote, I have too many other options to allow myself to work for an organization whose integrity I cannot trust, end quote. And I just wrote in my notes, well, that's fucking ballsy for somebody who, in my estimation of the work that they were paid to do versus the work they actually did and the work that they were originally contracted to do, there's no fucking integrity there. There's there's no fulfillment of the contract that was backdated and created after a fundraiser that the board was kind of pushed into pushed into doing because it was put out there. That's yeah, I I couldn't believe how just just fucking ballsy that was to say that he thinks that the, the organization ballsy is a misogynistic term. <laughs> you can say labia when you're talking about strong things. What's your microaggressions, bro? Very gutsy. It was very gutsy of him to do that. Um, and then he just flat out lied about the people that he was contacting in his December report. You know, his, right. so, so he was supposed right. to be re- putting through these reports every single month. And for his December report, he just flat out lied in it. Just lied. The people that he listed in the report as being contacted have since come forward and said, no, he right. didn't contact me. He just fucking lied about it. And then he stopped turning in reports. But this is all a conspiracy, guys. Yeah, a huge conspiracy that everybody in recovering religion is in on. <laughs> just like the World Trade Center, you know, when those collapsed, those was all a big conspiracy and Bush did yeah, it. And, and to help the conspiracy along, they recovering from religion and Apostacon did document dumps, <laughs> which totally makes sense when you're trying to form a conspiracy, you know, just give over all the evidence. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, that's the other thing too, is that I see all these people saying, you know, making comments on JT's, on JT's post that, oh, well, you're just going with the information that is being hand selected and provided by one side. You're just listening to the, to the one sided information that's coming out of these people. You don't know if that's all the information. Okay, fine. Then if the other side has competing information, fucking show it to us. Well, I think we should do it in arbitration where it will be private. Yeah. Are you okay with JT coming to arbitration? How about that? Are you okay with a, a reporter coming to arbitration and releasing the information? Well, my thing is arbitration doesn't happen overnight. 
And the main reason Joey did this is to warn people. So if it's going to go to arbitration, how long do you think that's going to take? How many people are going to give more money over to these swindlers? How many more people are going to get fucked over until, you know, arbitration's over? And speaking of getting fucked over, you know, how many, how many parishioners would, would we have not told that, hey, your priest has fucked these kids over here, but we're not going to tell you because we want to wait until that can go through all the courts. We want to make sure he actually did it yeah. before we tell you anything to even warn you that your little boy or girl might actually be in trouble. Yeah. You know what? There's a lot of people out there who give every last dime that they can to these charitable organizations because that's where their heart is. And you know what? If I were one of those people, I would not want to give my money to anybody that had anything to do with either of these people. And the only reason these people know about it now is because Joey was a psychotic maniac on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, when when Father McFeely organizes a, a scout camping trip with your son, <laughs> I'm not going to fucking tell you about right. it until it goes through the courts. Right, right exactly. That's if fucking I, bullshit. If I were a mother and I was placed in that position and I found out afterwards, after my son or daughter went on a field trip with whoever, I would rage. I would lose my shit. I would lose my mind and I would I would take it out on people. You would be I almost knew. as mad at the person who knew about it and yeah, didn't say anything as more. the person who who's been accused of it, right? I would be more upset. I would probably be in jail by the end of it because <laughs> I I can't I although I don't want him, his his babies, I love them to death and can't imagine something like that happening to him. So, if it were my wallet and my money, I would be really, really pissed off oh, if yeah. someone knew and didn't tell me oh, yeah. like what happened in this situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's uh, Neil's Neil's email to the board from February 25th of 2016. My um, note here just sound, just says that he sounds like a, pet, a petulant child at the end. It says, "quote I will send my reports to this address and include all other official." Recovering from religion representatives in correspondence, which was an obvious, which was an obvious job, an obvious <laughs> job. Jesus Christ! From like, Boston. That's, I don't know what happened to that me just can, there. That was Canadian. That was, oh, was it? <laughs> that, was, that was an obvious jab at Elliot because he had been talking about, you know, who is this Elliot guy? Why is he contacting me? He's not even on the board. He's not an official representative of recovering from religion. And somebody had sent him an email saying, you know. You need to send your reports to Elliot and 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 the rest of the board and whatever. And his reply was, "I'll send it to official representatives." Like, that's like just, he's an official representative. That would be like that would be like my boss coming to me and saying, "Hey, Dan, this guy is is training training with our team for a little bit, and he's going to be shadowing you. I want you to send information to him." So that he knows what's going on and can help us better understand the work you're doing and the work we need to do as a team to improve things. And me saying, I will send my emails to you (laughs) and to your higher ups, but I won't send it to this, you know, implying that I'm not going to send it to the guy that he just asked me to like, who the fuck talks to their boss like this? He's being paid to do a job and he's basically tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And they tried to work with him through this whole fucking thing while he's being a raging asshole. But I'm the petulant child. Oh my god! As I as I was reading through all of this, I was just like, "Holy fuck! How is anybody not seeing this?" Sometimes it takes a petulant child to fight a petulant child. <laughs> takes one to know one, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Again, what's wrong with consequences? Yeah. Honestly, 
We're all adults here. Well, right. Yeah. If you're not doing your fucking job, you, those are the cons, you know, you, there are consequences for not doing your job. Right. You don't get paid or you don't, you don't have that job anymore. Right. Well, um, I hope that uh, people that are listening to this decide to go back and help recovering from religion out, help, uh, help Apostacon out. Um, just because they were so transparent and they were working on this. And no matter how you feel about me or how I dealt with it, those organizations are working very hard to recover from this and they deserve it. They were taken, they may, they may have some responsibility in there for not, you know, maybe doing their due diligence and, and and I've heard a couple of them say that. So they've, they've owned it and they've said it publicly and And they've changed things. I'm sure. And they've, they've Mm -hmm. had a complete, you know, management change and the people that are involved with those groups, Am I moving forward with any of them? No, not, but, not, but, but for personal reasons, Lindsay and I have future plans where we move out to uh, the West coast at the end of this year. And we're starting a new podcast and, or we're going to be working with JD Shapiro um, in West Hollywood on a new pilot. That's going to hopefully spin off from our podcast uh, because it's going to be, it's, it's a pretty unique subject matter. So we're getting excited about that. And it, it's not that we, we won't come visit our secular friends. It's just that I can't, I can't say I'm in a community of people, even though there's a lot of good people like Smalley, like JT, like you, like Dr. Daryl Ray, like Elliot, like Gail, um, and, and, and Susie Box. Man, what an incredible yeah. person she's been throughout this whole yeah. process. And she had a lot to lose. And, and she was another one who didn't, but didn't break any NDAs, but was right there supporting things moving forward much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all are there, but I can't be involved because we're on South Park thanks to the Moscatos and the PZ Myers of the world. You know, of our community, I should say, not the world. So I just have to get out. Like I said, I, I have to write the jokes. I can't be the butt of them. And I don't care if the PSJWs make me the butt of their joke because they're all a bunch of fucking cunts. <laughs> and I don't care what they think of me in the same, for, for the same reason. I don't care about what my cunt pastor thinks of me. Right. My previous pastor, who's right. now just a cunt to me. Right. Sorry, I had to drop that like 10 times on your show. <laughs> I love the word cunt. It's one I, of my favorites. I know actually. you just smiled more and more the more I said it. <laughs> Where small, David Smalley just hangs his head like, oh, shit. I'm going to have to put a parole advisory on this now. <laughs> it's one of my favorites because people get so upset by it. And I'm like, it's a sound I'm making with my mouth. Okay? That's what's going on. It's a sound I'm making with my mouth. And you're losing your shit over it. It's only offensive because someone told them that it was. Yeah. They yeah. haven't even thought it through. It's like the number one word in Australia. Yeah, and hey, cut! Are you having for breakfast? And this is this is all accent. this is all just their perception and their view of it. Like, I can't I can't help your perception and your view. That's that's up to you. That's your reaction to a sound I'm making with my mouth. <laughs> right? Okay, get the fuck over it. That's what I initially called uh, Neil Carter under the radar to get this whole ball rolling because I knew that would piss him off more than anything I could say about his contracts or anything I had learned. The word "cunt" will set a PSJW off I like nothing, man. It's just <laughs> Rocket Man. <laughs> <laughs> and then he immediately contacted my wife and tried to drag her into this saying, I can't believe you're not. What, what, how, uh, I screenshot I, it and put it online because it, it helped me stir the shit pot. But what was it? I can't believe that this isn't adversely affecting you. And like he just he was saying how he must be emotionally unstable or something like that. Something to that effect. That Joey must be emotionally unstable. Yes. Well, that that's clear. (laughs) That's what I like about him. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, he, it was like, this is an analogy Joey's used before. It was like, he got attacked by Joey and at at the front door of our, of our place or something. And then Uh it's as if he would look over Joey's shoulder and say, Hey darling, are you okay in there? (laughs) You need any help? Let me know. And yeah. that's very 
very disrespectful oh, to yeah. my husband. Yeah, but I'm glad he did it. Well, yeah. it's disrespectful to you too, as if yeah. you're this, as if you're the shrieking flower behind Joey. Who, oh, jeez, I was me. just, I really was just hoping that somebody would contact me and ask me if I'm doing okay. <laughs> and believe Lindsay, me, I can take up for myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if Lindsay and I are famous for anything in the movement, it's for having a fucking fantastic relationship. I mean, yeah. we're, we're clearly happy. Yeah, and uh, there's no bruises on her faces ever on her face ever. Well, you know, they're um, all hidden by the long sleeves. And- that's because that's how we like to have sex. Oh, <laughs> right. They belong there. <laughs> it's all part of our thing, man. Yeah. yeah. If you call me rapey around Lindsay, she'll get turned on. So. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Did you hit your wife? It was foreplay. She she was into it. <laughs> Only when she to told me you. to. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. One of my other notes says... That in the February 28th letter from Neil, he says that recovering from religion could have terminated him, but since they didn't, the, quote, threats of arbitration are only to intimidate and harass him. But he then follows that by saying that he was within his rights to terminate the contract for delays in payment, but he didn't. But he didn't fucking terminate the contract for the delays in payment. So his previous statement of saying that the threats of arbitration are only now being made to, to threaten and intimidate him because they could have terminated him and didn't. How the fuck is that any different than what he just said again here? What's, why is he holding them to a different standard that he's not holding himself to? I don't know. I think for some of these questions, you you may reach out to IFR and see if they want to be on your show because I want to see them also recover from this, you know, and maybe they can I'll help have, you more. I would be happy to have Neil on the show if he wants to come and try to explain some of this shit to me because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, reach out. I would say reach out to even uh, Apostacon probably wouldn't, but uh, Recovering for Religion, right, my, may. Um, maybe they can give you more insight on some of this stuff. I have the same evidence you have, so I'm, I'm with you, but I don't know how. I can only speculate as to what was going on in his mind, you know. I, I can't. I don't know. Yeah, well, and the big thing for me is the documents got deleted by somebody, and it happened during the Apostacon investigation as well. And and no one seems to be going back to that. They, you know, that's that's huge. Well, well I and, think there's a lot of information here too. There's a lot of screenshots. There's a lot of oh, people yeah. talking. There's a ton of shit to go through. If you've if you've read any of JT's blogs, I mean, it's a little overwhelming because there's so much evidence, and people, I think, just. Uh, forget about it. They just forget how big these chunks and what they really mean, how big the stuff actually and what it means. Sometimes I don't know what a bunch of this stuff means unless, unless like you or Dan say, Hey, deletion, deleting or changing dates on documents because I know nothing about that stuff. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that does sound like a kind of a big deal. Because if you sign a contract and then you modify it, you have to resign it. Same thing with the will. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I feel like, um, you know, a lot of this stuff that's it, it, obviously JT's blog was long and there's a lot of, it, they are going to have to piece through this stuff, hopefully in a court system now. I don't even know if they're going to arbitration. I think it's in the hands of, it says it in the blog, it, right? It's in the hands of the police now, right? Yeah, one of the questions I had was that it was it said it was filed in Leavenworth, Texas or something like that. Do you know why it was that location? No, because I'm not conspiring with JT. I honestly, you know, <laughs> I don't um I read the blog like everybody else, but really, I Really, I'm just throwing you softballs <laughs> so that you can denounce them and say you don't know. When yeah, in saw, fact, Mr. Kirkman. Yeah, what I put in my long-term memory was, oh, he put a case number on there. That's pretty cool. So we can all go back and follow it. And a file right. date. 
and a file date. So yeah. yeah, but I just remember the case number. I thought that was pretty cool. That like that's, and he says it's in the hands of the detectives now. It should be public record so that we can go out and search for. And it. the reason why we're doing this show, I think, is because you know I want obviously there are, there are some people out there that have a right to question why I was a petulant child. I can't. I am. Am I? Some of them should know by now because they've read the blogs. But there are a lot of. There are people. I think it's a fair question of what the hell happened, man. Why were you? And I just want to. The main points I want to make is that I had no other choice. We had to back into the story because there was not a single person willing to put their future speaking career, their future uh, whatever their secular ambitions are. There was not a single person willing to put that on the line. And there were other people who not willing to put their. Uh, they, they they felt that Sarah would harm them in some way, and not physically, but on a professional level. And since no one else could, and since I'm sick of this PSJW and infiltrating our community anyway, I can get out of here. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it's perfect timing. You know, it's let's let's do this. And you know, and you know, I don't I don't give a fuck like if people are going to be upset with me for doing this, like. I don't, I, ha- I have a fucking career, man. I, I have a real fucking job. <laughs> not right. to say that, you know, not to say that some of these secular leaders don't have a real job. They, ob- they obviously do. And I know they work their asses off. But if, if there is anybody who's going to be upset with me for wanting to get to the bottom of this information or for wanting to share it or make sure other people know about it or for offering an opinion on it, I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. That's why they made these motherfucking microphones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Yellow. really don't care. Like, what are the, what are they, what are they going to do? Like, say, hey, Dan, you're an asshole. Yeah. Okay. You'll say, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if you think that. <laughs> That's where I'm at. And why should I care? They're going to scream and shout anyway. Yeah. So why, I don't, I just, look, if anything, some of these prominent atheists should be contacting me and saying, thank you for warning us. Mm hmm. You know, and a lot of them did at the Reason Rally. There mm. was a lot of people hugging my neck and telling me thank you. Um, one girl asked me to sign her titty because she called me a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> I got to sign my first boob for all you PSJWs out there. Nice. Didn't you make that a profile picture? Um, you did. I posted it. it wasn't well, a I don't, yeah, I don't know if it was you should a make that a profile but picture. I posted it. <laughs> yes. Cause, and of course, somebody right away, not right away, but somebody said something about that. Oh, Here's this isn't level. sexist. Oh, uh, shut the hell up, I immediately God. just said, shut up, eat a dick, you cunt. But the point is, is that there were people that come up to me and hugged my neck and said, thank you for what you're doing. And then there were people who literally shunned me in my face. Oh, yeah. And there were people who were longtime friends or, you know, conference friends who, who just would shoot me a look and not come over, talk to me. And they used to just bum rush me, right? Or uh, avoid eye contact and pretend they didn't see us. And the reason, the reason why I showed up at, um, at the actual rally and at the VIP event after I posted that I wasn't <laughs> on several occasions is because a, I live here and my friends were coming here and that's where I went to go see them. But I was also there to make the people who read those blogs and still fell on the other side. I wanted to make them uncomfortable. I wanted to be in their presence. I wanted to have those awkward moments with them. I wanted to see who was who I wanted to see who wanted a picture with me and who wanted me to, 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 to who, I wanted to see who would tag me in things because mm-hmm. those are the people that understand what the fuck evidence and reason is. The people who went the other direction, I wanted to see them squirm. I wanted to make them uncomfortable. I wanted to be in that room. Or to see if they had the balls to ask you questions instead of me. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah, because people were approaching Lindsay asking yeah. questions instead of Don't me. Don't you think he should have handled this a little bit 
a little with a little more tact. Don't you think he could have done this a different way? And my response is, no, I think he did a wonderful job and it takes a lot more balls than most people have to do what he did. Yeah. You mean labia? I mean, cervix. <laughs> Maybe we should go with asshole because everyone has one. That's what this, I tell you, man, it's a, I saw a blog come out where the, the blogger was like, uh, I'm having a real trouble. I'm having real trouble today. I use crazy in my blog and I heard a friend spilling and I just don't know if I should use the word crazy again. And it was a three day debate on that thread. And I'm like, you <laughs> fucking people were fighting a theocracy. At some point you have to tell someone like, I'm sorry that hurt your feelings, but I need you to get over that for the, for the greater good. Right. <laughs> I'm being an asshole, but it's, it's the word crazy broad meaning. Girl, you look crazy. Good. Crazy can be positive, it can be negative. This is not a word we should be debating for three fucking days. Or, I don't want to be called a girl because I'm a woman, and you wouldn't want to be called a boy. And I'm like, of course, I love when a girl a girl comes up to me and says, hey, boy. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But we're so offended by every little fucking thing, and it's just bogged us down, and we're not fighting a theocracy anymore. Yeah. Some of us are. There's still groups like Freedom From Religion Foundation that, that are, and, and there are... American uh, atheists have made some headway on that as well. And Richard Dawkins Foundation and uh, Bishop McNeil with, um, oh shit, what's the name? AFA? AHA? American mm-hmm. Humanist Association? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Bishop, if I'm saying that wrong. <laughs> they're out there fighting the fight uh, out here in the, in the hallways of Congress, you know? Mm-hmm. They're, we've got some people doing some good things, but these goddamn trolls, they're just, nying, 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 we got a girl. You don't want to be called a boy. Can we debate it for three fucking weeks? Well, I think that with, with some of the people that I know, they don't know that they're offending people. So just to hear somebody say, you know, that might offend somebody, and I, I don't appreciate that, but not to make it a huge hoopla, that might do some good. But when it comes to the nitty gritty, yes, these LGBT equality, trans equality, all of this stuff needs to be talked about, but it doesn't need to be a 10-day fight and losing friends. It and- can also be a different conference. It could be. We yeah. can definitely overlap this. Yeah. Well, Social it, justice is important. Let's overlap it. But it, well, and you can talk to your, people, uh, and you can talk to people and have disagreements with them without being an asshole to each other, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's well, and, not, and, not, not in some cases. Well, well <laughs> I had but to I be mean, an asshole. But I mean, generally, you you did in that. General, you right, did that right. for a specific purpose, right. and you aren't. I mean. I know you, I know you post stuff like that, but that's not who you are in general. You are not in general just an asshole that nobody wants to hang out with, right? I mean, if you were, nobody would be hanging out with you. Nobody would be talking to you, but you do things for a specific purpose. You did it to get attention. You did it to to draw attention to this and and to get people talking about it. And I understand that. But, and, and there's a definite difference between, you know, all of the infighting over, you know, ridiculous bullshit. And wanting to expose when somebody is co- is actively causing harm to other people, and so many people seem to not understand that that difference. You know, they they may be listening to the show and saying, "Oh, well, you're complaining about all this infighting and and everybody being so so politically correct and you know spending so much time tearing other people down and everything." But here you are, you're talking about Neil Carter and you're talking about Sarah Moorhead, and the difference here. Is that they actively harmed people. They, they made people victims. Not in, not in a sense that they said something that hurt somebody's feelings. Right. They, they stole money. They, they, they were, they did nefarious fucking things or allegedly have done nefarious fucking things that were actively harming the community as a whole, organizations 
and individual people through their actions. It wasn't just that they used the word crazy in a post and it it made somebody's day not so great. <laughs> Sometimes your feelings need to be hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need to know when you're being a jerk or overly sensitive or when you really just need to shut up about something. Plenty of people told him to shut up about things. Oh, yeah. They it, don't have a problem it, with that. Coming from some people, I'm sure it kind of hurt a little bit. But you know what? He's got thick skin and he can do this. Well, the other aspect of this that we haven't hit on yet is is the conferences and Reason Rally uh, organizations. Those things are dying off. I've been to a bunch of them. I've watched it dwindle down. But the other thing that's not being talked about is that when you go to these conferences, almost every single time the next the, after it's over, you start hearing stories that someone was accused of rape or someone was accused of harassment. They've had to hire investigators to work these things to make sure that – and write these these long policy conduct policy things, and it's like I'm not going to that shit anymore. I'm not hanging, or at least I'm not, I'm gonna go to them and not hang out with any strangers anymore. You know, you come up and want to buy my book, okay, great, I'll sell it to you, but don't invite me to your after party if I don't fucking know you. But there's all these allegations of sexual harassment, and I was told recently that there's that that just in the last few there, years there was over a, and someone internally ha, has had to invest investigate over 130 allegations of sexual harassment at these conferences. Who wants to put themselves in that kind of fucking? It's batshit crazy. We were at um I'm not gonna say the name of the conference because they did they did they were a good conference. Some drunk girl, some drunk girl and some drunk guy got in a big fight, turned into an allegation of someone being rapey. And that word is just thrown around like crazy by the PSJWs. Uh-huh. And after it was all settled and done, it was nothing more than a, uh, just a fight. But the word rapey was thrown out there, and that's what took hold and blew up, and the social justice warriors got a hold of it, and they mobbed this guy. And I don't want to go back to that conference. I, I would go back to that conference if I was still in the community because I trust the people there, but I'm not going to hang out with the people I don't know anymore. Well, and I- a lot of people are afraid to show up because they don't want to be accused of this shit. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you as a woman who has partied at those things, people get flirty at after parties. People are drinking. People have fun. But you know what? I don't, I've never experienced rape at one of them. I've never really experienced any harassment at one of them. And I mean, people have to protect yourself when you go to these things if you get rapey when you get too drunk maybe you should drink a little less <laughs> well people can't always protect themselves at these things but no, the point is i'm saying if after every conference you have 10 people making allegations of sexual harassment and i just made that and pulled that number in my ass but the point even one is enough to scare most of us people away yeah um, i can see um, that and it's another thing that's it, it's i tie that back to the psjw's because that word is thrown around so so reticently and uh, I don't hear that talked about, you know, when Hammett put out his blog, he just talked about the weather and the expensiveness and all this other shit. But no one's talking about what goes on internally at these things and the allegations that are made. You'll see the flare up on face on social media, then it goes away. The flare up on social media, then it goes away. And I'm like, what other does this happen with other conferences? Like, does this happen with podcast conferences? Does it happen with Amway conferences? I'm sure it does. I occasionally. think so. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, is it is there 130 investigations in just a few years? Because we don't even have large conferences. We are there, you know, the most I've ever seen at one was 1500. Most of them have around two to 300 people and we still get that much. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because as a community, you probably would want to know this. Of course, the PSJWs are saying, oh, it's not a problem. It's, it's because people are just, you know, rape whatever. culture. That's, that's going to be the answer. Rape culture. Yeah. I don't, I just don't understand why people waste so much time arguing with, arguing with people that they have 
that they're in 99.9% agreement on everything, right? And they'll find the one thing that they disagree with them on and beat that person to fucking death with it. You know, you can't use that word because it's offensive to this person or this group of people. (laughs) And you're a shitty person because you used that one word one time that I saw. And now I think you're a terrible fucking human being. Like me being called a homophobe. Yeah. To that, you say, okay, you can think that. I really don't care if you're going to make a judgment of me based on one thing that I said. When you agree with everything else I say, bye. Yeah. Bye. Lindsay and I, Lindsay and I, when I first got that offer, it was probably two weeks later, if I'm being, if I'm remembering it correctly. But when Sarah first, uh, you know, approached me, I was so excited. And the, a lot of conferences canceled for, so the reason rally could have, get all the attention. And I told Lindsay, we, we sat down and figured out what we could spend. We wanted to make a big donation to Reason Rally. One of the things that Sarah had said to me when I was around her often was no white dick, no white dick. When talking about the people I was, uh, I would find f- for bookings, which is why I came up with oh. Margaret Cho. Oh, okay. No more white males, but she called them white dick. No more white dick. And, um, she's like, and I was just like, I understand. She was like, yeah, Joe, if you see a white dick on that stage, he paid to be there. And I just, I was like, well, that's kind of a mean thing to say, but whatever. Um, so that's how I thought of Margaret Cho. I was looking for some diversity. There's a woman. She's not white. I got boom, two birds, one stone. Um, but when she said, if you see a white dick on that stage, they paid to be there. Lindsay and I, when we talked about it, we wrote out a check to donate to Reason Rally. We wrote out a check for $10,000. Now you can take my word for this. I don't care if you don't believe me. I don't give a shit. I'm just telling you, we, we pump a lot of money. We pumped a lot of money in the secular community over the years. And it's a lot more than that. So writing that check, that's what we decided on because this was a major league moment for me, and she was happy about it too for her too. Supportive, supportive wife. You were going to be that white dick who paid to be on stage. Here's what happened, and it was just a moment. Yeah, it was just a moment, a moment of clarity. I was like, let's don't send this yet, not because I thought anything bad was going to happen. I was like, let's don't send this yet because I don't want to be known as a person that paid for my position, and so. Because Sarah's the one that approached me about this. So we couched that check. It went in my desk drawer and it just sat there. It just sat there. I, we were going to give it to him about two weeks out. And it wasn't because I thought this, I'm going to hold this up. No one even knew about it. It was all for the fact that I didn't want to be a white dick that paid for my position. Because <laughs> the other board members may think that if the check comes in and oh God. Yeah, my, because it, it seems unethical in a well, way. Well, and and Sarah, I mean, if if she's saying that the any white dicks you see on stage are paid, and then yeah. you give money and you've got a position now, <laughs> yeah. right? I so the check went in the desk drawer, and it it stayed there. Didn't think anything up for the longest time, but just the other day we had a wonderful ceremonious <laughs> moment where we put it in the shredder, <laughs> long ways. <laughs> and I, I'm very aware of other organizations and people that chose not to donate to Reason Rally as well. It's not a small dollar amount. So, uh, it, even though all the blogs are trying to brush this off, it's, it's no, if it's no big deal, um, to me, that's just a PR move. They're probably being paid for it, but it's just a PR move to get ahead of all the people talking shit about the, uh, the, the low turnout. Um, but whatever, there are multiple reasons, but whatever that is, I can tell you for a fact that the corruption, the PSJWs is a part of it. At minimal ten thousand dollars part of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I think that just about wraps up everything that I had. Um, well, I really appreciate you. Like I told David Smalley, I really appreciate and JT. I really, um, I really appreciate you giving a voice to me 
even though it could uh, be at your own apparel, uh, even it could be at your own peril at some point, because there are people that are still on these boards. There are a lot of good ones, but there's still some that are there with, you know, they're the old guard, so they're not going anywhere. People are afraid of them, and I'm sure they'll they'll blackball you in some way. You won't even know it. You just won't get invited, or yeah. or you might just get taken off the website one day. You know, that could happen. That could happen. Yeah. It could happen, and if so, I'd go. Oh. I've got other I, shit I, I now have more time to devote to the local group and yeah. do things there and or to just fucking go golfing more often. Yeah. Go for a drive. <sighs> yeah. You know how much fucking time I spend devoted to this shit? Besides the money that I give to various organizations and everything, just the amount of time I spend helping to promote things and going to things and commenting places and yeah, it's a it's Fuck a load of time. If they, if they just <laughs> lost you, it's going to hurt, right? So that if they lose us or if they lose a few more, it's going to hurt big time. And the word on the street, even you know who the major donor of, of all of this is. There's a person in this community that is just loaded with cash <laughs> that is also disenchanted these days. I'm not sure. You'll have to tell me who that is. I'll tell is, you but, off air. Okay. But, the, the, but, the, but yeah, I mean... They better, they better listen. They better, they better stop acting like a cult and turn around and look at, look at, I'm struggling because I want to say look at ourselves, but Mm -hmm. I'm not in anymore. Mm -hmm. The point is, but you better look in the mirror because these PS, these fucking social justice warriors who are just terrorizing people and the corruption and then on top of the corruption, the cover up, it's destroying, it's destroyed the community at this point. I'm not saying it won't recover because I think it will, but there needs to be this correction, but I'm going to be excited. And you said I could plug it. Yes. I'm excited where we're moving to next. So oh, enough yeah. of all the heavy shit. Um, Lindsay and I are starting a podcast called Tales of an Open Marriage with Lindsay and Joey. Cause that's something that, um, we, uh, when we talk to people, we get a huge response off of. And we're in a couple of open marriage Facebook groups and there's so much comedy gold and so much drama <laughs> that goes on that we have discovered this just opportunity where, oh shit, we're very open about our open marriage and we talk openly about it. it Lindsay's fucking cracks me up all the time. Well, we've uh, been able to help a lot of people too. That's what I mean. We've been able to help a lot of people because of our, the way we deal with it. Like mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago, I was, I was being flirty with her and this was not her joking. She goes, she kind of pushes me away. She's, I want some strange. <laughs> <laughs> and most guys would go ballistic and get jail. And I've just belly laughed because it's so true. <laughs> like, sometimes I feel that way. Who hasn't ever wanted some? Who hasn't ever wanted some strange? But, but that was her being having a real moment. And then, uh, she, we had another moment like back in the day. And uh, cause she's a, we're, we're very, we're all about the safe sex and have been since we've been together. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a condom Nazi. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a drunk, drunk night before we got together, before we, 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 we just started dating, <laughs> but there, she had a drunk night and she's been a condom Nazi ever since. But uh-huh. this one night she walks up to me and I was interested at her at this time. I was trying to like court her and, and vice versa. She was interested too, but she had gotten drunk the night before and she walks up to me with the no, drink. No, it wasn't the night before. It was, it was probably a week and a half, maybe two weeks oh, before. Oh, well, I guess I hadn't seen her in a while, but she walks up and. I was like, hey, girl. And she and she had her drink and she goes, cheers. And I was like, oh, what are we cheers? And she goes, me not being pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, I'm supposed to be courting her. We're supposed to be hanging out and dating. And I go, she just told me you fucked another guy. <laughs> but that honesty she has, as embarrassing as it can be, I have too. And um, we want to like s- somehow get that onto a podcast because we think other people will be empowered by it because – 
You don't have to have the mundane. For us, it would be a mundane marriage if it was just us for the rest of our lives. Because as beautiful as she is, and you know she's way out of my league, still, if I have an opportunity, I'm I'm still attracted to other women. So if I have an opportunity for that to happen, then it's awesome. And like she said, sometimes you just want some strange. (laughs) Well, I mean, you just... There's a lot of good marriages out there that have really shitty sex lives. Mm-hmm. Or there's a lot of, I don't know, it can go vice versa. But You're not saying we do, are you? No, oh, okay. no, no, not at all. Not at all. Disclaimer, we do not have bad sex. <laughs> you can tell by the bruises. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of compatible couples who get so annoyed that they're having such a bad time in the bedroom that they feel like they just got to get out because they're never going to get a chance to do it, like to have a good sex life because, oh, God, I'm married to this person and he doesn't know what he's doing or she doesn't know what he's doing or she's or it's just the same old shit. Yes. Or it's just the same old. They won't do the things that I like to do. Well, I mean, if you are able to emotionally work through that stuff, you can have a good sex life again. You can you can have a good time. And, you know, sometimes you just want to hang out with another person. Sometimes you just want to go yeah. watch a movie with another girl or another guy and just hang out and have a good time. Maybe it ends in sex. Who knows? Plus, there's also that, um, you know, that um, one of the best feelings in life is when you're you know a teenager and you fall in love, sort of puppy love for the first time. Those mm. butterflies. and Yeah. Like that's so incredible when you're a kid, and it's incredible when you're. It's more incredible you're when Twitter you're Twitter painted, yeah. Or but when you as an adult, it's still incredible. And when you uh, decide to have an open marriage, and we're speaking for people who lean that way, some people are monogamous, and they don't. They're like, you're fucking crazy. Fuck that. Yeah. But for the people who are prone to think like us, or already do think like us, we get to have that for life. Our anniversary just came and passed on May 31st. I had to go home because we're putting our North Carolina home up for sale before we moved to California. And our anniversary was coming up, and I had to be there. I couldn't come home on our anniversary. And I could not be there because I have things to do for work. Like, Mm -hmm. I had to do a certification for work, and I could not move it. It was Memorial Day weekend. So so there's this girl who I've known for 16 years. I used to date her a long time, and we're all three friends now. And she's going through a divorce. And I was like, uh, and, 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 and she's, we've always been really close. But because we weren't always publicly open, my friend didn't really... She was also you know, she didn't push too much. Jealous husband. Yeah. Yeah. She also had a jealous husband, but now she's going through a divorce. So Lindsay Snapchats her and is like, I can cure your blues. Joey's going to be in the hot tub tonight. Why don't you go in the North Carolina house? Why don't you go join him? So for my anniversary, <laughs> and this girl's a dream girl. This girl is I very mean, intimidating. Way out of oh, my yeah. league. Six foot tall, does, plays professional volleyball and looks like a professional volleyball player. Um, does all these other sports. I don't want to give it all away because people, uh, but, but, Next, that's what I got for my anniversary. As was a, someone that I used to date, who wow. I still love to look, would love to hang out with and spend time with. But you know, our foundation is solid, and our relationship comes first. And what we do over there adds to our marriage; it doesn't take away from it. So that's the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about on the podcast, and we're going to be telling some of these stories. We're going to have other people on that will tell their stories: the drama, the good, the bad, the ugly, and you know, the the breakups that come. People who can't deal with it because we have those two, or the awkward first dates that we've had. <laughs> Oh yeah, really awkward. <laughs> Lindsay had a bad breakup the other day for the guy she never met. <laughs> Dude went psycho on her online. She never even met him yet, but he felt attached. We had a we had a ninety percent match rate on OKCupid, so I thought, man, I bet he's awesome, and he was until I started a group chat with him and his girlfriend and Joey, and 
that turned that like ended things. He, oh, like, wow. I don't know. It just turned out bad. He was <laughs> he was not very happy with me. At so the end well, of Lindsay it. tried to let him off because basically I I wasn't interested. Once I got in the group chat with him, there, she's a Christian and wasn't my type, and he was uh, boring. As fuck. <laughs> but I wasn't stopping Lindsay from hanging out with it. It's just like, I'm not interested in this thing. And Lindsay goes, well, we're kind of seeing somebody now anyway. I'm just going to tell them that we're, you know, we're done or whatever. And so Lindsay was like, you know, there's this girl that's in our lives and we're kind of, we're, we're, we do have an open marriage, but we don't have a lot of partners. We just, we kind of stick to what's called poly closed in a way. Mm-hmm. We like to be like almost in another relationship. While it lasts, you know, and yeah. this dude went psycho <laughs> like it was a bad he, breakup. He thought I was lying to him. He thought that he had shared the information that his girlfriend was a believer. And he thought that's what I was ending all this because of. I'm yeah. like, like our other partner is a Christian. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's totally not what's going on here. Yeah, we should have put him on Neil Carter's blog so he could assume there too yeah he was just throwing out assumptions and started calling me a coward i mean went off the deep end. i was like man we dodged a bullet wow which is why we like to have connections with people that we hang out spend time with like couples if it's an you know but um so we have a lot of cool stories like that that, that because she loves to get on the dating sites and um, she doesn't meet these people but maybe point zero five percent of the time yeah. yeah and i might meet you know i meet them with her but uh the she has fun on those sites but man the stuff that happens on She's had a Christian come on there and said, what do you mean you're in an open relationship, you fucking whore, and starts berating her. And Lindsay's sitting here and drinking her vodka martini and going, I'm going to turn this motherfucker around. And she just starts, <laughs> before you know it, he's ready to meet her at this house. You know, he's like, <laughs> We definitely, I, just to fuck with him, I sent him nude pictures after I, after I turned him around because he said, I could never be turned on by you. You're disgusting. Yeah, she sent him nudes. So I sent him <laughs> nude pictures and he was like, uh, okay, well. Maybe I was wrong. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Next thing you know, he's talking shit, jerking off. And Those are going in the spank bank. Yeah. So it's fun stuff like that. And thanks for letting us take. We bought the domain. It's it's uh, openandout.com. Open and out? Uh, openandout.com. There's nothing on it quite yet. We right. haven't, no, we we haven't have even posted a website it. yet. Yeah. But openandout.com. So we're open and we're out of the closet because a lot of open marriages are closed secret, secret like, like 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 gay people used to have to be yeah because um, believe me when people normal quote unquote normal people find out that you let your husband sleep with other people god you're fucking weird <laughs> oh i could never do it i'm way too jealous i can't believe that every once in a while though like once you trust somebody enough and you let them know that little secret about you you'll get what oh my god you've got to tell me more about this because i have been thinking about this for so long and we just had the worst sex and i really need something we get that like 60 percent of the time i don't think it's rare well there's with my profession there's only a few people that you want to tell that to because it's still very uh there's a lot of religion ingrained in nursing and everything you have to learn to eat that mic honey Sorry. Sorry, I'm not used to something this big in my face. <laughs> oh! That's fucked up. That is fucked up. It's you do little, have the biggest microphone, too. It's a little intimidating. Yeah, it looks a little jaundiced, too. <laughs> Yellow fever. 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> We're hoping to get the podcast started in the next uh, few weeks or so, but I've got some work to get done because I've been fighting this uh, secular cult so long. I got to get caught up some, on some work that actually pays the bills and... But we're going to get it out there soon, and we're going to have fun. And then we're heading out to West Hollywood with my partner, J.D. Shapiro, and he thinks it's this is a good idea. And if you try to steal our ideas now, I just want you to know it's on the fucking record. <laughs> uh, and, and if it, any of it, you are in uh, marriages that just aren't working because of sex, contact us. That's a good we'll idea. We'll talk to yeah, you. Yeah. Lindsay and Joey Kirkman. Well, we'll have an email address for them to contact. Right now, yeah. for now, just send the emails to brandy at dolmandebate.com. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to love to hear your story. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Hey, really, thank you really both so much it. for doing this. We've got some pizza. To eat. Let's eat some pizza. Okay. We can do that. Because now you're in the conspiracy with my man. All right. We can, we can, who are we going to take down next? Uh, monogam- monogamous marriages. Ooh, let's just decide off ever and not tell anybody. Then then <laughs> they'll just have to wait and see who it is. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Thank you both very much. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. They call to me. They come back to the street. Who's Sean P? AKA or Sean P said it was necessary. These sucker niggas out here very scary. They cuffing home. They living in the month of February. Okay, then. Put a sister nigga on display, then. Kicking your dough and have my folk them bring them K's in. I'm still at it. A-D-W-T-I-C. It ain't a whole out there for real. Who don't know about me, bitch? I'm for sure with it. Don't make me pop that trunk to the left, bitch. I will go get it. And I ain't selfish. I will let you in your old feeling. Won't catch me sipping. No, no, Chris. And got a cold billing. It's your blows, a Hold liquor sipping, coming straight from the gutter. Toe tag a motherfucker, leave him under a cover. Lil John, he dropped the beat to make it bounce like rubber. Sean Paul told the heat to make it more than slugger. Yeah. If you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck. Hey. If you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck. Hey. If you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck. Hey. If you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck. Hey. Don't start no shit, it won't be no shit. Don't start no shit, it won't be no shit. I post up, get to it, drink, hand in hand They call me Mr. Heron, long cause that's my right hand man Old school, straight foolish, like no other indeed With Lil Johnny's young bloods, dead crockers can be Had it cool, 105, as if you looking to rumble Clock back, bust ain't now I done got your number In the club, you gon' feel it when it drop this summer Like rain, we gon' pour and hit you hard like thunder Cause in the dirt and we do more than drink you under the table Where the niggas pimp hoes and fly suits and gators In my Chevy, so Super, I'm the one to call Just dial one 800 slash alcohol And dog, I'm not the one that you really just want to clown I'm cool in my way, but shit still, I shut them down Then piss on them haters, J-Bo, he cuts a fool In a cut box, scissors somewhere, that's how we do yeah. If we don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck hey. If we don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck Plus, 
never touch that it gripping the butt. Oh, you a show with it. I'll pull your pills to show a nigga you ain't hold with it. And I ain't selfish, I would let you and your folk feel it. Talking big boy shit, me mugging like a motherfucker, my hand on my dick. Cause off the grid, we keep it jumping like it ain't nothing new. We started off with shake them out, so look partner, oh, guess who? It's a boy from that bottom who took you down 85 and hit you with that US. So look, it don't be surprised. We fucking blowing killer and sipping on something good. I'm peeping out the scenery, wishing a nigga would. In case it just might pop, I'm already the lock and load to take you through the south to show you how we throw them bowls. Yeah. If we don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck.